Hello, it is Thursday, September 2nd, 2021. Seven days away from the NFL season kicking off with a lot of college ball tonight and through the weekend. We're off tomorrow, so there's three days without us. I'm sure some of you and your significant others will be thankful. But I tell you what, today we bring some heat. If you enjoy this show by the end of it, please be a friend, tell a friend. If not, just act like it never, ever happened. Let's get to it. The NFL starts in one week. What? Yeah! Man, the celebration from the toxic table at Ty Schmidt and at Boston Connor is needed and deserved. We are just seven, seven, seven days away from the NFL kickoff with the Buccaneers and Cowboys taking place down there in Champa Bay. Florida. I cannot wait for it. Obviously, there's a lot of college football on tonight, including OH. Hosting the row in the boat, sons of bitches of Minnesota. I mean, football's all the way back, as are we. This is day 10 of COVID confinement. Here we go. Thank you. I feel damn good. All the symptoms are long behind me. I feel like a much better person. I've learned a lot about me. I've learned more about my body. I've learned more about this company. The way you guys back in the office have been able to put this show together with me FaceTiming in every single day has been nothing short of amazing and impressive. I appreciate the fucking hell out of all of you back there. At Tone Diggs, the COVID cowboy, host of Hammer Don, the podcast. I hear Gumpy's still hot in his COVID cave. How is the entire Hammer Don show? Are we still riding an incredible heater into this NFL season, into this college football season? How much money are we making tonight? Do you have any good feels or tells on what we should be hammering tonight, Tone Diggs? Gumpy went uh, undefeated again last night. I have... Nine uh, NCAA picks for this weekend, four lean, so 13 altogether. None of them actually come tonight. BYU, or sorry, Boise UCF is tonight as well. Uh, Two new coaching staffs, that's the other highlight game. UCF, a slight lean there potentially. Their offense is incredible. And then a lot of people were on Minnesota tonight, plus the 14 and a half. They have 20 returning starters, but those returning starters uh, were 120th on defense last year. Uh, and could not stop the run. So I'm worried about that. I'm staying away. I will just watch that to see if Ohio State does run up and down the field on the Gophers tonight. Okay, thank you, Tom, for that piece of information there. I put together a nice little parlay. Ooh, what are we talking? Everybody that was minus 2,000 or bigger to win tonight, I just parlayed them all together. (laughs) I got a plus... I got a, a 10-leg parlay uh, at plus 135, Yes, and uh, I feel really good about it. I, I don't know anything about any of these teams. I, like everybody else, will watch along and see where this journey to the top of the mountain for college football will go. Coastal Carolina's playing tonight. Mm-hmm. Obviously, last year they had a massive, look at us and our mullets, bitches here. It was fun to watch them come into their own. I'm excited. Uh, for college football happening all weekend. Herb Street put out a tweet. I think there's like 15 games tomorrow as well. And then this weekend, there's a bunch. I mean, we are living fantastically. Hopefully, there another kicker or punter will have a performance like my dude Blake Hayes from the University of Illinois did this past weekend. Blake Hayes, I want to let you know, pal, I appreciate the hell out of you. The performance you put on in that week zero college football game where you won the game for the University mm-hmm. of Illinois mm-hmm. will not go 
unnoticed, pal. Look for your locker in the next few days. There might be a gift from old Santa Claus, Miranda Claus, old Uncle Pat, maybe. I mean, I'm trying to figure out this name image likeness thing without potentially having to tell people that they aren't worth a fuck a year from now or two years from now (laughs) when their college football careers are over. Uh, But I would like to at least send my thanks to punters and kickers around college football who do a hell of a job with a lot of pressure on them as going to class and representing for the brand. Blake Hayes was the first one this past weekend. I can't wait to see who does what they got to do this upcoming weekend. Let's talk about last night, shall we? Yep. So, Dolphins Twitter and I had a nice little rendezvous. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So, one particular tweet started the whole thing and said, is Dolphins Twitter dragging at Pat McAfee's show yet? For basically yesterday, I was questioning um how the Dolphins are going to perform in the AFC East. This mm-hmm. AFC East, by the way, not only the Buffalo Bills, who look unbelievable and just re-sign, or just signed Josh Allen to a long-term deal, and McDermott and Bean and everything up there seems to be running beautifully, but also you got the big bad fucking wolf up in New England. Oh, yeah. okay? They spent $150 million on day one of the tampering period of free agency. Bill Belichick said, we ain't sucking again. All right, <laughs> I ain't. I ain't doing that, especially while watching Tom Brady go win a fucking Super Bowl. So you have to take into account that Bill Belichick's going to be able to win games. He was able to win games last year with no roster. And then you also got the Buffalo Bills who are a fucking wagon at this particular point. And I saw the odds that had Dolphins ranked above um, the Patriots in AFC standings. And with everything that has been coming out now... I'm being told by Dolphins Twitter that it's all a bunch of fugazi, it's all fake. All these reporters saying that the owner, Ross, and everybody else is still interested in Deshaun Watson. They're all full of shit, by the way. But for me, as somebody who's been in an NFL locker room and is somebody that, you know, observes and reports, the thought that here we are seven days away from the NFL season kicking off, and there's allegedly some allegations that the owner of the team doesn't want the quarterback to be the quarterback that is currently the quarterback. The quarterback, by the way, that we have gone to bat for at this particular show yep. since the beginning of this entire mm-hmm. thing, even back whenever Tannenbaum was saying that you can't can't draft Tua in the, in the top five with his injury history. I mean, we've been, I feel like, a pretty pro-Fins show. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. We let Gumpy talk. Bingo! <laughs> the Dolphins yeah. show. Even though, just like when Foxy talks about the Lions... Nobody gives a fuck. I mean, we're talking tanking of the ratings. So yesterday, whenever I found out that the Dolphins had better odds to win the AFC East than the New England Patriots, I was dumbfounded almost. And then it even led me to believe if there's that much distrust going on with Tua from the owner, allegedly. Now, the Dolphins Twitter did tell me that that's all bullshit and I need to pay closer attention to what's real and what isn't real. It's like, okay, well, when there's smoke, there's fire. In this particular case, there was like five people reporting that there was smoke in this particular thing with a quarterback that has 26 allegations and might get three life sentences in punishment if it ends up being a criminal trial as opposed to a civil trial, which isn't anywhere near over, whatever the case. I just thought to myself, it's really hard to win an NFL game whenever everything's going right, let alone when there's potential distrust going on. Now, I might have been wrong in that. Dolphins sort of did tell me that, but I got into it. And I did not know that the Dolphins fans had this much passion. I did not know that they had this much loyalty. I said that there was 10 to 15 Dolphins fans on Twitter that I was getting into. Mm -hmm. No joke. I undershot that a little bit. (laughs) I apologize for that. We will be sure to cover the Dolphins on this show. Every game, every single week. And just see and hope that they prove me wrong in thinking 
that there's a chance they end up third or fourth in the AFC East this year, just one year removed from when it looked like they were on their way up. Now, I don't know if that's necessarily a shot at the Dolphins, by the way. I think that's just mostly me thinking, like, Belichick's still Bill yep. Belichick, right? Uh, right? That's right. Yep, correct. He's He's got a quarterback that looks eerily similar to the previous quarterback when it comes to throwing. We don't know what's in Mac Jones' ears. Only the next 20 years will be able to tell us if he's lucky enough to last that long. Josh Allen's still Josh Allen, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. The Bills are still the Bills, right? So whenever you start piecing those things together, it looks like it's going to be a long road for the Dolphins, but their fans, I enjoyed the interactions with them last night being 100% serious, and I did not know they had that type of fan base because it hasn't been since 1984 that they won the AFC Championship. Huh. Wow. Okay. So 1984, it's been a long time. I appreciate the fact that they've been this loyal and this passionate, and it was awesome getting to chat with them. But if they stink this year, we will cover it. And if they're good this year, we will cover it. I mean, that's what last night proved to me. Uh, at Boston Connor, I had no idea the Dolphins fans were this passionate, this loyal. I actually have the utmost respect for it, and I like a good give and take with people, but I didn't know the Dolphins fans had it like that. Well, that's the thing, Pat. They don't, uh, and I'm <laughs> sure that the 10 to 15 of what you were referencing to were possibly the 10 to 15 that are that passionate. They come out of the weeds every once in a while because they won 10 games last year. They think, oh, we're on the up and up. Last year, to your point, we were massive fans of B-Flow, loved everything that he was doing down in Miami. They were actually in it till week 17, so it was something that we continue to talk about. But pulling Tua, all that nonsense, that type of thing kind of hindered our thoughts on what the hell is going on in Miami. And Charles Robinson actually came on this week and said, hey, if you don't, don't want to believe me, don't believe me. But this is real. Sorry, Dolphins Twitter. This is what Houston's doing. This is Miami is in this. So I apologize for breaking your hearts, but they're looking at Deshaun Watson. I love that their fans have Tua's back, by the way. Tua needs that. Yeah. I wish the Dolphins organization would do that. You know what I mean? Yes. And by the Dolphins organization, I mean, allegedly, the owner has come out and said, fuck this guy. I want mm -hmm. that guy who might not be able to play for mm -hmm. the next 15 years, depending upon what's happening. I just, I don't think I truly appreciated Dolphins fandom until last night. And I want to let you know, we will cover the, cover that team now. Okay? Yeah. I, I, I don't know. Heavily. I, I, heavily. And I hope... I hope they're good because I fear the things that I will say mm -hmm. about this Dolphins Twitter fan base that I got into it last night. If they show some signs of suck, especially after the success that they showed last year where it was almost their time. Hey, the 72 Dolphins popping bottles being the only true display of happiness that the Dolphins have had forever. They lost Finkel. They lost Einhorn. They lost goddamn Snowflake. The only thing I hope is for these Dolphins fans that the Dolphins are good this year. It's good for the NFL when Miami has a team that's great, but it's been a long damn time since that has happened. I think Gumpy would even say it seems like there was a couple steps forward and then almost every single time there's a couple steps back. Yeah. Maybe this is the breakthrough year for them, but the AFC East is no fucking laughing stock at this point. I mean, we're talking about a very dominant division with the two at the top being a real problem at this point. And listen, it's 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 Tua for that, that team. He and a lot of people's critique of him is that he doesn't throw the ball down the field. Last year he was 31st in the league in, in yards per pass as far as distance, but he's – He's got Waddle. He's got Will Fuller. He's got Devontae Parker. He's got Kaseki. Like if if Watt or if if Tua doesn't do it, then I mean it's on Tua. I think with this team.
No, yeah, well, Tua, this is the first time he's really being handed the team, though, too, right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, this is, last year was Fitzmagic squad, and it was that way all the way through. He was a rookie. I actually enjoyed the fact that Tua had somebody to watch, like Fitzmagic, who's been on 15 different teams. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you can see how to interact with the coaches, with the GM, with your teammates, with the media, everything like that. Then wherever the transition happened, Tua's still playing. I guess he won 6-3 and three last year, I was told last night. But there was obviously those numerous times where he was pulled in key situations mm-hmm. and they put Fitz back in there. I think is going to be great. I actually at one point said that because of Tua, Alabama – you know, might have a chance against, like, an XFL team. Yeah, you know what I mean? That's I, right. Like, because of how impressive Tua was as a quarterback, so I hope he does well. Uh, but Dolphins Twitter and I last night had some epic moments. I mean, I fucking love it. You know, I, I loved yeah. it. It was like it was like five years ago on Twitter for me, mm. you know, last night. I got a chance to go in there. I backed off a little bit. I think they backed off a little bit, which was very nice. I think we came to a common respect. Then this morning, all the Johnny-come-lately Dolphins fans tried to hop back in there. I didn't give them the time of day of burying them. A couple guys got it last night, some ricochet shots. I do apologize. Uh, But I love that the Dolphins have a fan base. I do love that. I mean, I absolutely enjoy the hell out of that. Well, and that's what I didn't understand with, like, the maliciousness of it is because yesterday, like, that is what you – I mean, you weren't taking a shot at Tua. It was like, hey, the Dolphins have kind of mismanaged him up to this point. You Yes. Like, you know, I mean, they they go away from Fitzmagic too early. He clearly still had something going on with his hip last year. I don't think he was 100% healthy. And whether you want to believe the bullshit from the owner or not, like – he still has to wake up every day and see, like, oh, okay, I thought I was going to be the starter this year. Now the owner's saying, like, no, we want to go get the guy who might go to jail for the next 150 years. Like, so if they would have managed the situation a little bit better, maybe you go into this season with Tua and you're not thinking, like, oh, Jesus Christ, it feels like the, the sky's falling already. I like – I just like – I don't know. Like, I enjoyed the hell out of that last night. Yeah. <laughs> I felt alive. You know what I mean? I felt alive in there. I was scrolling through random people's Twitter accounts, looking for photos. A lot of them didn't have photos of themselves. A couple poor slaps did, so I had to do my thing. <laughs> it really was what I used to do on Twitter all the time. Can't really do it as much because normally, you know, the little bitches of the world go, oh, this is real professional. Hey, it's oh, real classy. Yeah. And to be fair, the Dolphins fans... <laughs> I mean, they. it was good heel baby. I mean, it was good scrap last night on Twitter. Yeah. I, I got nothing but respect for the Dolphins fans. Uh, some breaking news for the Indianapolis Colts. And uh, we do cover the Indianapolis Colts mostly because they have a roster that can really go on a run, I think, in the AFC. T.Y. Hilton got surgery on some discs in his neck. He will be out, uh, everybody's saying, three weeks, four weeks, whatever it is to start this season. We don't have a lot of weapons uh, that proven weapons, I should say. We have a lot of people that are playing wide receiver and weapon positions that have the potential to be great and I have the utmost faith in Chris Ballard, uh, Michael Strahan, uh, Michael Pittman Jr., Paris Campbell's healthy, wearing the one. Hopefully they'll all be able to remain healthy while T.Y. Hilton gets back, but losing your best weapon at the beginning of the season or your biggest, brightest weapon at the beginning of the season, you just paid a $10 million one-year lease uh, to keep in town. Not good. He'll be back, they said, sooner than later after that surgery. Carson Wentz, who had COVID-19 uh, close contact, he was out for a few days. He's back practicing today, 10 days from the opener. Ryan Kelly, number 69 overall player in the NFL, voted on by the players, center stud out of Alabama. He's back practicing. And, I mean, right now, Quentin Nelson's back practicing, I believe. All things are looking up, but the Colts have been an absolute roller coaster, but it has been some good breaking news this morning. 
coming out of Indianapolis Colts land. Yeah, with the O-line, with the running backs, and the fact that Carson Wentz is used to throwing to quarterbacks has to make you feel good that he'll be able to go get it done even though T.Y. Hilton isn't on the field. You said he, Carson's used to throwing a quarterback? Yeah, I believe Greg Ward was the guy. Was that his name in Philadelphia mm-hmm. who they put out there at wide receiver? Houston quarterback. Yeah, Houston quarterback. They put a couple different schlubs, and we can't forget he had a rugby player playing right tackle who apparently came on at the end of the season, but he's definitely not as good as Ryan Qu- uh, Kelly, Quentin Nelson, the boys. I appreciate these fans losing their mind for like average players because they're like super loyal, but – if you're in the NFL, you're a good football player. Yeah. Okay, let's never get that twisted. I have the utmost respect for everybody that plays in the NFL. I think you're really good. But there are some teams that it feels like they are not even in the conversation or contention to make a real run. But right now, with one week out, every fan base feels as if they got a chance. And that is not their fault, by the way. Joe Thomas <laughs> told us on this show that every year he bought in and thought that there was a chance they were going to win the Super Bowl that year because he had to. He won. Two games in a span of like four years. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Greatest tackle of all time. So right now we're living in the most beautiful time to be a fan in the NFL. Everything is still out there. Hope, optimism. This player is going to burst onto the scene, even though they haven't for the last three years. This player is going to become a superstar. This player still has everything that they had in them years ago, what made them a household name. This is a beautiful time to be an NFL fan, and that's all I could think of last night as the Dolphins fans are coming after me is we got nothing but – Jesus. We got about 10 days. Okay, we got about 10 days for all these fans to have all these hopes and dreams and everything like that. That first week can tell a lot, but we have to remember we have no idea what any of these teams are going to be until about week five, week six. Mm-hmm. And we got to remember that gambling-wise, too. Oh, yeah. We might take some shots early betting on some games and on some teams and get our hearts broken. We just have to take those notes early in the season and then run with that shit for the rest of the season. We're going to find out who's real and who's not. And it starts 10 days from now, seven days from now with the opener, but we won't fully know until a month, month and a half into the season what teams are what. Yeah, ideally, I think, believe we've said it on this show a few times, you would you would wait until after the first quarter of the season to see what teams are like to start betting on them. But none of us have that ability. We will just no. go all in the first four weeks yep. and lay the chips as they may. And a lot of us lose a lot of credibility those yeah, first couple do. weeks. Absolutely. Yeah, we do. Sure. Yeah, a lot of us lose a lot of credibility those first couple weeks. You know, and if you hit a bet the first couple weeks, you're probably more lucky than anything yeah, at that, yeah. that particular point. The NFL, because you're dealing with men and adults and strategy and scheme and coaches and everything, and there's millions of dollars being sent, normally you can find out what a team is, but it's going to take a little bit for them to find out who the fuck they are themselves. We have to remember that as we continue to get into this betting world here these first couple weeks. Last year, I think we said, write this down. Zito spoke into his phone. Hey, let's remember first quarter of the season's top to bet. Let's remember that. We have to think about that and not get too down on ourselves or too high on ourselves if we hit early on a season. Everybody agree? Yeah, absolutely. I do have I think there are some teams like, hey, we know who they are, like Bucks, Chiefs, Packers, Texans, maybe just the Texans down there. Yeah. Everyone else will see who they are. So, like, maybe avoid betting on like Panthers, Falcons, week two. Like, bet on the teams you think you have a pretty good idea because they've been the same for the last few years, and their and their team is basically the same. Yeah, I think veteran teams you can oh, yeah. you can normally count on, right? But even the Patriots. They'll lose a game in the first couple mm-hmm. of weeks. Mm-hmm. This is back whenever they were the greatest team in the history of professional sports. And people would write, write them off. Chiefs, that Chiefs game oh, with yeah. Alex Smith, mm-hmm. that opening week, is maybe the best depiction of that. 
I mean, that year, didn't you guys go on a win? Uh, that was after 2016, I believe. So we went to the Super Bowl, lost to the Eagles. But that's still made it to the fucking Super Bowl. Yeah. And after that first week, everybody's like, oh, this team is the worst team ever. This is when the Patriots are dead. And they, they were writing off the Patriots, obviously, every single year. We all were hoping that the Patriots were dead every single year on 31 of the fan bases. But that's what we have to remember going into these first couple weeks. Like, hey, none of these teams are anywhere near where they're going to be, okay, or where they're heading, both for good and for bad. But to your point, Diggs, it's the first time it feels like there are two veteran teams that are very good that were in the mm-hmm. Super Bowl last year who have their eyes on a much bigger prize than just making it back to the playoffs into the Super Bowl. It feels like that undefeated thing has been talked about a lot more. We talked to Travis Kelsey. Travis Kelsey says, like, who isn't trying to win every fucking week? And yeah, it's like, yeah. valid, okay? But whenever you phrase it as, oh, they're trying to go undefeated, as opposed to, hey, they want to win every single week. It's just two different narratives, two different stories. But it feels like Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs potentially on a revenge tour. First time they ever had to really, you know, stare down some criticism on them maybe not being as great as we all think they're actually going to be. I'm not saying we did that. I'm just saying people did that. Then the Bucks, Tom Brady, he came out on a live stream on the NFL's platform and said, I would give up a ring or two to have the undefeated season back that the Giants took. I mean, so you have to think about those two things whenever you got these two teams going into their first couple weeks as well. It's like, maybe they're fucking going for it, and maybe there isn't like a, hey, we need to learn process. Go ahead, Ty. I can't remember if it was last year or the year before, but I think you were the one who said like, hey, you know, because we don't really know what, what you were doing is looking at teams with veteran, good veteran quarterbacks and saying, hey, this might be a team that like their team over in terms of points is like a good bet the first couple weeks of the season because you knew that like you know guys like Rodgers and Brady and Russell Wilson guys like that they're going to put up points no matter what I think my favorite bet in it I think they they stopped doing it it was a live second half over Mm -hmm. bet Mm -hmm. and if you have a great offensive coordinator in a great offense and a great quarterback I just always assume at halftime they're going to fucking figure it out. Mm-hmm. So whatever the sports books are betting and thinking they're going to score in the second half, I'm betting on Aaron in LaFleur more than I'm betting on the defense in the second half. That's a bet that I love. That is a bet that you can look at. And I don't want to say like kind of cherry pick off of, right. but it is, it, there is a couple of cheat codes that we'll be able to find in these first couple of weeks, especially without FanDuel has 7,000 fucking bets. Yeah. yeah. There are so many bets there, and I appreciate the fact that Gumpy has been in his COVID cave, and he's still hot. Just like the reason why Hammered Down happened, by the way, is because Tone Diggs came out of the COVID cave as the greatest better of all time because all he did was just look through the sports book and find these great bets. And it's like, hey, Tone, I love you on this show. I enjoy our conversations together. But you're making us all a lot of money when all you do is just stare at that sports book. <laughs> yeah. How do you make that a profession? Boom, Hammered Down becomes a daily show. I mean, that is... That is literally how this business operates, by the way, for everybody that's watching and listening. (laughs) And now that Gumpy has that same situation potentially happening, I feel like we're in for a good one. We just have to make sure we find the bets that sportsbooks don't want or that FanDuel doesn't want us to find. And that's why we got the fucking Cowboy and the Dolphins fan, Canadian Gumpy, sniffing around, snooping around like Toucan Sam looking for fucking Fruit Loops in that FanDuel (laughs) sportsbook. Hey, Pat. Think about the Bucks because we talked about the Chiefs and they have a new O line, so we'll have to see what that is. But the Bucks won the Super Bowl, 
bring back every single starter. They have AB for a full season they didn't have last year, Fournette for a full season, OJ Howard comes back off of injury, Vita Vey comes back off of injury. Has there ever been a Super Bowl team that's like, oh, we have everyone back and more? Yeah, and better. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, that's the <clears throat> I don't know how they did it. I mean, this is when you get all these vets that understand what's going on too. I think they all understand what's going on. We got Tom Brady as a quarterback. We're living in Florida. It's beautiful down here. We got no state taxes. We got a coaching staff that is also vets that have been around. They don't, they don't want to fuck this up either. We'll take a little bit of a pay cut. We'll slide the bonus. We'll do this thing. They haven't figured it out. I mean, Tampa Bay Buccaneers figured it out on paper. Mm-hmm. Now, will they be able to flip the switch like they did for that last half of the season after the bye week, after they beat Atlanta in the second half, then they go into that bye week, then they change everything and they get what the hottest team in the NFL. The run game starts going when playoff Lenny gets put in there, when Ronald Jones had that foot injury or whatever. The defense started humming. They signed all their studs back on that side of the ball. Will they be able to pick up right where they left off? Or will there be a little bit, because they are vets, understanding like, hey, Football doesn't matter. You don't want to start out too high. You don't want to be too hot. You don't want to be the team that peaks early and not late. I mean, there's all that shit you can think about, but you have to assume that that team understands their shelf life. That team understands what they have the capability of doing. And I'm sure B.A. and that coaching staff down there is saying, hey, we have a chance to be something that no team other than those 72 fucking Dolphins were able to be if we show up every single day day with tom brady in the building it's gonna be hard to believe that they won't do that but man sometimes you the game of football can humble mm-hmm. you know what i mean the, sure. any given sunday is a real thing there's a chance that some team could upset them there's a chance that we could lose a bet five six weeks in a row yeah Ooh. when you bet on the kansas city chiefs because the chiefs <laughs> just decided to flip the switch late and only win by one or two when everybody expects them to win by fucking 30 so i mean we just have to keep all these things in mind now that the world's opening back up, so many new thrills are on the horizon. Okay. And whether you've been in a relationship for years or just getting started, we're excited to get back out there and meet new people. Hell yeah. When the moment comes, it's not come too quick. Oh, <laughs> here we go. That is not what they had in their copy. Okay. They should. <laughs> that was, I think they're going in a different direction. So let's go back a sentence or two. Okay. Okay. When you, when the moment comes, you want to be ready. Hell That's yeah. true. Yeah. With Roman, you can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for erectile dysfunction, Ooh. all from the comfort and privacy of your home. Once you take care of that, though, you get the Roman swipes. And guess what? Ha! Huh. Last a long time. Banging it, banging it, banging it. Yeah, it's yeah. Pete Alonzo at the all <laughs> yes. at the home run derby. That's oh, right. Dingers. Downtown. Bingo. David Ocup- <laughs> Population you, dude. Hell yeah. Roman ready equals confidence. The confidence that you know you can rise to the occasion in the moment. We're looking at the Summer of Love 2021 version, and Roman wants to make sure you can participate in your way. Whether that be as a single person or a couple who would still rather stay in with each other, a U.S. licensed healthcare professional will work with you to find the best treatment plan. If medication is appropriate, it ships to you for free with two-day shipping. Okay. That's huge. Free? 
the shipping's free. Wow. I believe. Not the... Not the yeah, medication. F- free no. two-day shipping. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, go to getroman.com slash McAfee today, and if you're prescribed, you can get 50% off your first month of ED treatment. Okay. That's G-E-T-R-O-M-A-N.com slash M-C-A-F-E-E. And if you're prescribed, you can get 50% off your first month of erectile dysfunction treatment. Make sure you're ready to have confidence and control this summer. Roman ready. Joining us now is a man who has all the inside information that we need. Uh, Zito's actually calling him as we speak. He is in the area where there has been terrible storms, so I appreciate him immensely for giving us some time today to chit-chat. We'll ask him about that, obviously, but a man who's an insider for the NFL.com, the NFL Network. He's a host of a show that's been canceled, Rap Sheet and Friends. We're not happy about it because we consider him a friend of ours. Ladies and gentlemen, Ian Rappaport. Yeah! What's up? What's up, dude? Hey, so sorry about all the fucking storming over there, dude. I've seen some videos. It looks crazy. Is everything all right with the fam and everybody? Yeah, we got very lucky. Um, I would say, like, minimal, you know, probably minimal flooding in our basement. Some, but our neighbors, there's neighbors who are much worse. We're just driving around a little bit now to go get something. And there's a field that used to be a field. It is now just a lake. It is, I'm not going to complain. We are extremely lucky, and thank you. Hey, is this, this isn't normal, right? I feel like a lot of the videos I've seen coming out of the subway and then there's people floating around Manhattan right now hitting bongs on rafts and there's cars that are being floated and you said there's field. Is that normal? This is not normal, right? This is very out of the norm for the area you guys live in over there? I mean, I've never seen anything like this at all. I mean, we'll get like big snowstorms, but this apparently is like a once in 200 year, uh, once in like 200 year storm and you know, it's it's also weird because you know, obviously, like, I I have plenty of friends in New Orleans and uh, and other areas where you know they have hurricanes, and I I feel for them, and it's always terrible every every time it happens. I've never had to sort of worry myself for it, uh, and I I did not like it, and I have much more empathy now for people who get hit with like real serious storms. Like it is not pleasant, man. Not fun at all. Well, I want to let you know we're happy to hear you're okay. Uh, please let your friends know and everybody that. We send nothing but positive spirits to hopefully get this thing dry and quick on the other side of this and hopefully no more bullshit. Ian, we are one week away from the NFL kicking off Tampa Bay and Dallas. Yeah! I know that means that your golf season is over and you're actually going to have to do some work. What are some things you're keeping an eye on as we go into this last week before the NFL season kicks off? I think it's fascinating that GM scouts and roster builders have an extra week basically to look at their team, look at the waiver wire and continue to mold their roster. Is that what you're keeping an eye out for at this point or what are you looking at going into the week? Yeah, I mean, first of all, you're right about my golf season. It's, you know, sad but true. I did play Beth Page Black on Wednesday, shot an 89. I'm not bragging. That's just what it was. How many mulligans? Uh, no mulligans. The only thing, I would say, the only sort of, like, thing that happened was there was one time I hit the ball in the rough, so I knew it wasn't lost, and the rough was so thick, I literally couldn't find it. So I'm like, I would give myself a free drop because it's not actually lost. I just can't find. I don't, is that cheating? I don't know. Now, who has the time? Who has the time? Honestly, if you know a ball isn't OB, okay? Like, if I know a ball isn't OB, but I know it's in this area, I'm not going to spend the next 12 minutes, okay? I'm just 
Yeah. I'm going to put a ball down. Now, the real golfers, and if there's money on the line, they're not happy about that. Yada, 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 get off my ass. But I don't have the time. You shooting an 89 breakfast bar or no breakfast bar? No hey, you're a golfer. Wow. Good for you. Look at yeah, you. I don't. I will say a lot of times I don't play that well, but this time I happened to. So uh, it was a great day. Anyway, um, I so much of what happens in the NFL season is based on precedent, like off season. Like, okay, you know, every March is free agency, every April is draft. I honestly don't know what's going to happen from here the next five days because there are still some trades that yeah. I sort of thought might happen and didn't happen. Some moves that I was looking for. Um, like I thought Zach Ertz might get traded from the Eagles, and it sounds like he's not. Uh, the Saints have been looking for a corner. Um, maybe they sign one, and does the extra three or four days help them with that? Um, Cam Newton is currently unemployed, as you may or may not have heard. Does this little extra window allow teams to do more research on him and maybe bring him in, even though he's not vaccinated, because you now, you know, you would have the five days to do it, like, it's a little more time to tinker and do some things. Um, but, I mean, I would say the best thing is, you know, we sort of talked back and forth about COVID and, like, there were some times that got dicey. Like, the season's starting and we have made it. Um, so all that is very good. Yeah, that's a hell of a celebration there, that last sentence you said. And we're all very happy about it, especially those of us whose lives depend upon talking about the NFL every day. It's nice that we don't have to talk about bullshit anymore, yeah. but we are still living in the drama bullshit world. There has been numerous reports. Yahoo Sports, Charles Robinson came on our show out of his car with two dogs in the backseat to tell us that there are teams still interested in the Houston Texans, including the Miami Dolphins, who I'm a big fan of all of a sudden. I'm a big fan mm -hmm. of the Miami Dolphins. Is that real? Is there anything into that? Is that going to happen before the season starts, or is that all a bunch of bullshit like the Dolphins' Twitter was telling me last night? Well, I mean, there were definitely teams that explored trading for Deshaun Watson. I would say, you know, it's no one's crazy. The Miami Dolphins were one of them. I think there were several other teams. We've talked about this over the last couple months. Um, teams that explored, like, look, one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL is available in a, a time when – you you know rarely are twenty five year old franchise quarterbacks available. And obviously the off season, uh, off the field stuff is the reason why somewhat Deshaun Watson vowing to not play for the Texans, wanting a trade, obviously a big reason as well. There are several reasons why he's available, but teams owe it to themselves to explore. If you could upgrade a quarterback, you have to do it. You have to look into it. So the teams we talked about, you know the the Eagles, the Panthers, maybe the Broncos, maybe the Dolphins, like. Yes, those teams had to explore it. And I, there were times, I would say this offseason, where I, I thought, okay, maybe a trade could happen somewhat soon. And, you know, then we got word, along with Tom Pelissero, um, I got word that it was not going to happen before 4 p.m., the, uh, you know, the roster cutdown deadline. And then it's like, well, that was a big deadline. That was basically the deadline before the season. That means he's on the 53-man roster. Unless I'm crazy, I don't get a sense of what happened before the season now. I mean, barring some sort of dramatic turn. So then it's like, what do we do? Does he do basically the Texans play with 52 players all year? He sits out. He makes $10 million, They trade him in the offseason. Possible. Does he do an about-face and actually want to play for them? That seems less likely. I would say he seems pretty dug in. It's honestly all really unprecedented and continues to be the most fascinating situation in the NFL.
Let's bounce around some other quarterback situations that had a little drama in the offseason, and now that we're a week away from kickoff, let's get a standpoint of it. Seattle Seahawks, everything's kumbaya up there? Everything's kumbaya up there? Is that how everybody's assuming it's going to go throughout the season as well, if there's success? Or is there still some questions on how that whole thing's going to turn out with Russ, Pete, and in that whole entire operation up there? I mean, for this year, it's all kumbaya, right? Everyone's all in on this year, all focused on the field, and that is good. And, and the, you know, the offensive coordinator that they hired – um, you know, that was someone Russell Wilson had a hand in choosing, right? So I would expect him, they're always going to focus on running the ball, but I would expect him to let Russ cook a little bit this year as well. Now, if it goes well, I think all is going to be great. If he's not protected, if he doesn't feel like the offensive line is great, if Dwayne Brown is for some reason not out there on the field when the season begins, then there'll be some questions. Um, and then I think the focus will kind of be back on what is Russell Wilson's future in Seattle. They're all in on this year, but it is, I would say, a high-stakes year uh, in Seattle. But they're going to be good. They're always good. It's just sort of a question of how good. I think a lot of people forget because it's been so quiet over there, which is good news for Seahawks fans and Russell Wilson and the Seahawks, obviously. But at one point, the Chicago Bears made a trade offer in the middle of North Dakota, I guess, for Russell Wilson. That was turned down. They got bygones, bygones. Just a couple of days later, Andy Dalton was signed to the Bears, and the Bears fan base was obviously incredibly upset that they got Andy Dalton when they thought they were going to get Russell Wilson. Although Andy Dalton has played great football in a lot of places where he probably shouldn't have and won a lot of games. Then they trade up to get Justin Fields. Now the conversation revolves around what are they going to do with that and Nagy and Pace have been very steadfast on the fact that they have a plan Andy's our guy Andy's our guy Andy's our guy Fields is there Fields mania is happening Fields is playing good football there's a lot of conversation around the pundits now that Pace and Nagy must feel a level of comfort with the Chicago Bears organization if they're going to be this patient putting in Justin Fields because if everybody assumed that they were going to get fired at the end of this year they would want to maybe go with the new guy let's see what we can do let's roll the dice as much as possible what are your feelings on the future for Pace and Nagy in Chicago and do you get the feeling that this is not definitely their last year they're going to be given some time here to uh, kind of execute their plan that they've had all along well if you look at the record I mean it's really they seem to be under fire and I know locally they're under a lot of fire but if you actually look at the record they've been pretty good they've gone deep into the playoffs like they've been somewhat consistent it never because they didn't have the quarterback position right it never felt just felt anecdotally sort of like a lot of success but the record is actually not bad and they're probably in more under more fire than they should be given the record uh, that said there's nothing more important than the quarterback position so you know, if Justin Fields is really good, then I think they are both going to be absolutely fine. Uh, if this is a struggle this year, if they're losing a bunch of games, if they, you know, finish five and twelve, five and twelve, or whatever, um, then I mean, yeah, it's a it's a big year. They could be in trouble. I would say this about Fields, right? Like Andy Dalton's going to start Week One. Beyond that, I think they are going to put Fields in if he is ready. And we've seen him in preseason. We don't know what's going to happen when real defenses are there. Um, if he's ready and if and when they need to, like need to, right? Because that's what we've seen. It's always a little earlier than we think. Um, but I have a feeling, as a football world, we will know when it's time to turn to Justin Fields. Like, they start two and three with Andy Dalton. He's been up and down. The fan base is crying for it. And it's like, okay, like let's go. It's Justin Fields' time. So that's – I think we are going to know when it's time. And – you know, by all accounts, he's been awesome in camp. Um, I hope that continues because, you know, if the Bears finally have their guy, I think that's 
think a lot of people will probably be happy, I would say. Watch Andy Dalton just become fucking Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> that would be crazy. It'd be awesome. I'd be I so mean, happy would, for them. It would be great, though, because then you could actually allow Fields to just chill, just learn, maybe put him in in spurts. But, like, if, if Andy Dalton is Alex Smith when he was with the Chiefs, that's actually awesome. Like, it, you know, for those of us who want to see Justin Fields, I think you'd kind of be like, ah, we'll have to wait till another year to see him. But that would be really, really – that would be best-case scenario. And then – you know, then Andy Dalton would go sign somewhere else to get a third round compensatory pick and they turn it over to the rookie and everything would be good. Those of us that want to see Justin Fields also probably the large majority are just Bears fans. And if they're winning and Andy Dalton looks good, I don't think anybody's going to compare or complain about that up there. You know, let's go to another quarterback situation of the offseason. Uh, Aaron Rodgers. In the Packers, him and Lafleur obviously palling around. He posted on his Instagram stories last night. They said we wouldn't like each other. Mark Murphy actually said, "Hey, Aaron, don't be the problem." That offense last year looked unbelievable. The interesting situation with the Packers right now is Aaron Rodgers is only three and four or something like that when he plays in Florida. The New Orleans Saints decided to have the home game that they can't have in New Orleans in Jacksonville. That was allegedly taken into account. Is that real? And how do you go about picking a new stadium to play in if there's some sort of natural? disaster like was that a was that an in-depth process where they had to call numerous stadiums or does the nfl yeah. all kind of have like a, a buddy buddy system like hey we got you if you need it well basically what they do is they talk to teams and they say like if something happens would your stadium be available like which weeks basically so i believe and i have to go back and check the schedules but i believe their options were jacksonville miami and atlanta um atlanta being willing to help out their um their old friends, the New Orleans Saints, was certainly a nice thing. Um, but, yeah, you know, I read the article from Jeff Duncan, who is very good, and I believe all of it. You know, the fact that they considered flights to Jacksonville being more expensive for Packers fans, meaning maybe Packers fans won't make the trip to Jacksonville, is honestly kind of hilarious. Um, and, you know, whatever. I mean, it should be a home game for the Saints, so they should get all the benefits from that. And if they made it a little harder for Packers fans to travel, like, Whatever. Um, I'm, I, I like I'm here for I'm here for all of the pettiness. I would say. Yeah, me too. I love gamesmanship. I love pettiness. I love everything about it, especially when you're dealing with billionaires trying to win over other billionaires who have the ability to do whatever the fuck they want at all times. I mean, it is a wild world that we're living in, but I can't wait for the season to start. Go ahead, Tone Diggs. Hi, Ian. How good to see you. Um, see question: Steelers aren't going to let TJ Watt play this season without getting a new contract, right? I don't know. It is not wow. done yet. It has been a difficult negotiation. Um, you know, he's obviously going to be the highest paid defensive player in football. If he gets it done, uh, it's not there yet. And he hasn't practiced much. I mean, it is, look, that is a, that is a difficult situation. And I think everyone has been, you know, there's haven't been a lot of rumors about it. There's not much to say. It's not done. Um, does it get done? I honestly don't know. I mean, it is with that organization, the way they structure the deals uh, without a lot of guaranteed money. I don't know. Um, it is. It, it's it's really tough to forecast these deals midway through because there are per certain points when both sides are like this is never happening, and then sometimes they happen. Um, this is a tough negotiation. So I hope for his sake they get it done, and for their sake so they can reward one of the best players in football. But it's been difficult. So Colbert and Tomlin. Involved in that, right? Is that who is doing, or is that mostly Tolbert? Or uh, Colbert? Mostly Colbert, yeah. 
Okay, I mean, I'm so sure Colbert, Tomlin wants it done, but I'm, you know, this isn't when you talk about money at this level. This is Art Rooney, and this is Kevin Colbert. Okay, so like Joe Hayden just came out and said, "Last Dance." You know, he they weren't able to get a deal done. Are they not going to be able to get a deal done with any of those guys? You think? And then Minka's next on deck, right? And they're what if they strike out on all three of those? Is that a sign? Like the Steelers are going to move on, like they always have. By the way, the Steelers are just like, uh, hey. We're not going to be the ones that are going to overpay people. We're the ones that are going to move on. Is that what it's looking like? Like that defense could be no. very different here in a year or two? No, I'm not ready to go there yet. I think for Hayden, he's he's an older guy, so I wasn't surprised that you know they didn't give him more guaranteed money. You know, Minka I mean, is a very good player and obviously very much in their plans, but I think the focus is on T.J. Watt first. Try to get – try like absolute crazy to get that done. Uh, if they can't, you know, maybe they adjust and see if they can get Minka done, but – uh, I know the focus is on T.J. Watt right now, and I think they would love to get it done. They just Go, have not yet. Go ahead, Ty. Ian, going into the season, it seemed like uh, Kyle Shanahan basically already said that Jimmy G is going to be the starter, but then yesterday he told the media, I don't need to name a starting quarterback. And uh, Very early on, it seemed like Trey Lance was really pushing to maybe start. Are we going to get just a two-quarterback, like a two-headed attack with them all season, or is it going to be Jimmy G and then just a few packages here and there for Trey Lance? My guess, just guess, is it's going to be Jimmy G and then a few packages for Trey Lance unless something goes wrong or Jimmy G starts not playing well. You know, Lance is also dealing with a, a little bit of a thumb injury, and I, the timeline is close, and I think Kyle Shannon yesterday admitted to reporters that it's probably a little more serious than the seven, seven uh, days they said originally. So, you know, we'll see if, if Trey Lance is out there for week one. If he is, I think you'll probably see a couple packages, but... I haven't heard anything to tell me that it's anyone but Jimmy G as a starting quarterback. Okay, Jimmy G also. There might be a package where both quarterbacks are in there. I mean, let's mm. not get crazy. Oh, who is it? Whoa. You got any news? Uh, I don't know about news, but maybe a little insight. I actually got to go do some TV now my uh, actual job, <laughs> uh, my other job. Well, we appreciate but. you. We can't wait to watch you. If you break any news, like minutes after you get off of here, we will have this urge inside of us to smack you right in the fucking mouth. Yeah. <laughs> Just call me right back. Ladies and gentlemen, host of the Canceled Show Rap Sheet and Friends on NFL Network right now, Total Access. Ladies and gentlemen, Ian Rap. Yeah! Joining us now is an Ohio State legend, college football national champion, Super Bowl champion, all-time leading tackler for the Green Bay Packers. Ladies and gentlemen, A.J. Hawk. Yeah! What up, dude? What's happening, man? How you doing? I saw we have uh, AJ Galante. Good thing I finished that doc uh, a couple minutes ago, actually, before uh, right before I hopped on here for you. Incredible documentary, right? Obviously, yeah. The characters involved, everybody. <laughs> it's, yeah, it, that's real life. That actually happened. So yeah, it'll be a fun conversation. I think hit one thirty with AJ. It looks like a fucking movie. When you're watching it, you got to be like, "This is fake. This is fake. This has to be fake." Every five minutes, it's like, "No way, this is real." One of the legit, and, and Foxy got upset at Zito for saying this. I would put it as a top five doc of all time that I watched last night or two nights ago. And we're going to chance to chat with the GM and son of potential alleged mob boss. I don't want to throw him under the bus at all. AJ Galante will join us here in about 30 minutes. I can't wait to chat with him. He's supposed to come in the first hour. Rappaport could only come in the first hour. AJ, he's like, all good, man. I'll come in the second hour. I can't thank him enough. And I'm thankful that you watched it, AJ. And I'm thankful that you enjoyed it. That's very nice of you. That's right. I saw some of it last night, and then I, I finished up the rest uh, just today because I knew I wanted to. Uh, yeah, you you guys were hyping it so much, I had to. And I'm sure people that haven't seen it 
and maybe it'll force them to see it or, or they just hate us talking about it. But hey, either way, that's what the show is. Isn't it? What, what you enjoy, what we enjoy, what we're watching, what we're doing. Yeah, I mean, as a host, I have to think about the masses that are listening and watching. Okay, that is something I have to do. I take a lot of pride in the ability to do that, by the way, better than a lot of the motherfuckers that go to school and learn how to fucking do it. Okay, but whenever something captivates my soul as much as this fucking untold crime and penalties doc about the Danbury Trashers has, it's hard for me not to spit my entire emotions into it for a couple of days. And we'll have a quick conversation with AJ Galante. It'll probably go 20, 30 minutes. If you haven't seen the doc, you're not missing out uh, on a conversation of anything you won't be. It'll be an electrifying convo, but you need to watch it now speaking of needing to watch are you going to the ohio state game tonight this is a big night what are we going to do are we bouncing back is the big 10 still run through columbus we'll find out tonight with the gophers coming to town aj hawk we will with ohio state going uh, to minnesota to play the gophers on the road absolutely i will not be making the drive or the flight uh over there for the game but uh, i will be watching on tv like a lot of others here in ohio i thought for sure it was in columbus <laughs> uh, yeah that's on me because i put it no no it was as... on me no, no, it was on me. Hey, you're not, you're not expected to know where it is. I mean, a big reason I know it's not here is because I know people aren't going to the game. Everyone I'm talking to, they weren't talking about it. Also, I know my brother-in-law Brady is there. They're doing their, you know, the big noon kickoff is, is posted up there, I guess, outside the stadium, I think. Did they have a show this past Saturday? Studio. I, I don't, yeah, the, they did, actually. I didn't see – I don't know what Brady was doing. I don't think he was on it. Brady quit. Brady does whatever Brady Quinn wants to do. <laughs> oh, I don't know. Maybe his schedule didn't allow it, or he said, "Now nah, I'm good. I don't need to go for week zero. How about Chopper going? Hey, Brady, don't fucking do. <laughs> hey, Brady, don't be doing fucking. Hey, we don't do anything that's week zero, pal. All right. I mean, I remember one time I was a part of a uh, conference call, a corporate conference call, and the uh, one Those of the departments, fun. one of the departments spoke, and they said we have completed phase zero. We are now on to phase one. And I have never asked a question in one of those corporate conference calls. That was the first time I ever said, can somebody elaborate that there's a fucking phase zero that we could? I mean, what does that mean? What does that even mean? Never got an answer. Got a pretty good pop from the room. But week zero is done. Now we're in week one. Let's go and do this thing. The Ohio State team, they're going to be good. Should I be betting on them? I guess they're minus 13 and a half, minus 14 and a half, depending on where FanDuel lay, lays at. How do you feel about this team? Are they are all signs pointing to us hammering them tonight? I mean, they should. They have the new quarterback, C.J. Stroud, is stepping in. They have, I mean, I feel like they have three or four, like four and five-star quarterbacks on the roster. So whoever's thrown in there seems like they could do a great job. The receivers, I guess they are some of the deepest like receivers in, in the country. They, they have a ton – of studs, so you would think they can score some points tonight. I don't know. I'm not sure about Minnesota. Who are they? What are they going to? Who's that? Olave? Yes. Right. Chris yeah. is about yeah. to have a massive year. He was a freshman last year. Uh, no, not last year. I think this is third year. He's probably. I think he's draft eligible after this year. Who was? Uh, there was a guy last year who was a freshman, maybe that made this Olave, insane. Yeah. What's is that? Him? He's the guy. Oh, are you thinking Garrett Wilson or Olave? There's. I mean, there's a lot They're of both. them right now. Think I'm not sure. I saw a catch last year out of a guy who I thought was a freshman. I might have been wrong. Maybe he's a redshirt freshman. Maybe I don't. Garrett know. Wilson is a sophomore now. Yeah, I think. Okay, it was so it was him. He's filthy. That dude's yeah. hands and feet are hey, tight. Um, the son. His son is there too. Peyton's old target, Hall of Famer, Marvin. Marvin Harrison. Oh, Marvin Harrison's son is a freshman, right? Yeah, I don't. I assume he's going to play. I don't know what the plan is for him, but I know he's a stud as well. Does it feel good? To have it like at West Virginia, I don't think I know any of the players on the team, and I don't live, I don't live in Morgantown. I wish I did. I wish I followed the process more. I appreciate if they're good. I'd be very thankful if they won a bunch of games. That'd be cool. They're in a conference that's about to 
fucking break, just like the Big East. I mean, now would be the time for West Virginia to win it, by the way, because then they'll just fucking tear down the entire conference. But is it cool to be and know that your team is just always going to be a factory? That has to be pretty sweet. I mean, I don't feel like it's, it, it always hasn't been like that. I don't feel like it was that way when I was there. I mean, we were good, yeah, but I feel like once – I mean, after I left, it seems like they, they don't lose to Michigan. They lose, like, one game every couple of years. Yeah, they – once you start, I guess, winning at that level, I think it, it doesn't recruit itself. The, the coaches will tell you they, they recruit their asses off. But, yeah, you, you should – your Ohio State should be on, like, the top three or five of every big-time recruit. I mean, Quinn Ewers has $1.5 million, allegedly, in name, image, likeness deals. So the coaches can recruit their asses off. Okay, I appreciate that. But whenever you go to Ohio State or Alabama or Clemson at this point, the recruiting's done by national television, right? I mean, it's on, they're on national TV every single fucking week. And everybody says, well, if you start paying the players, you start paying the players, it's going to hurt the recruiting process. It's like... Well, what about seeing a team on national television every single week with behind-the-scenes stuff showcasing their entire locker room every single day? Is that not helping recruiting as well, or are we just kind of blind to that? And like, oh, no, no, no. That, they earned that. They deserve that. It's like, all right, get the fuck out of here. I'm, I'm excited for where college football is headed, but I don't think any of us have any idea, right? Nobody has any idea what it looks like five years from now. No, no. I, I mean, yeah, this it's so new, like the name, image, likeness stuff. It's It was funny to see. I mean, I probably said it on here where – all of a sudden, like, there was no name, image, or likeness, and then they passed it. And then five seconds later, I feel like I saw guys selling tires on the Internet. Like, already, they already had this stuff in place. It was pretty quick. Hey, flipping O's. I'll tell you that. I respect that. <laughs> yeah. I got nothing but respect for that. Um, the Colts activate Carson Wentz, Ryan Kelly, and Zach Pascal back onto the roster after being held away in the reentry process of being a close contact to somebody that has COVID. Seems like that team's all the way back in the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, GM Ryan Pace and Andy has talked about Andy Dalton being the starter. They like Andy. There's really no new topics coming out of the NFL right now, except for the fact that we're seven days away, AJ. Oh, yeah. Seven days away. Yeah. Is Connor still as excited about the, uh, his quarterback Cam Newton, Newton being released. Like, are you still riding that high, Connor? Oh man, you, you ride no old Newty, dude. You have no idea. I got a bath talk coming later on, and people are not going to be too pleased about it. I'll tell you what. Hey, have you watched Bath Talk at all? Episode yeah, I, now, I mean, right? I have a lot of questions for Connor yeah. on that. Yeah. Go ahead. We'll so, Connor, it's better than you asking questions. A fucking mitt. All right. Well, that'll be later. Wait till after hours. Get mitt all primed up. So, Connor, on hashtag bath talk, you, do you legit take a real bath, or do you just get in there and then get out? Like, what? What is the the process? Yeah. What do you mean? I legit take a real bath. Yeah. There's not fake water in my tub. I hang out for a little. I mean, do you I soap s- up and do you actually clean up, or you just waste time in there and sit your no. dirty body in the dirty water? See, exactly, <laughs> exactly to your point. You shower first. You clean your body off. Then you fill the tub up. Then you lounge for a little bit, hang out, just kind of enjoy it. And then bath talk, you know, comes Uh, after that. See, I do the opposite. Every NFL locker room has, like, you must shower before getting into the bath or whatever. You must shower before getting in there. I don't think I've seen one person do that. I don't think I've seen (laughs) one person shower. You get into the bath. You hope you don't get any fungus or viruses. Then you go to the shower to rinse off all the shit afterwards. Oh, 
You're supposed That's to rinse off before you get in. You're supposed to rinse off all that stuff on your skin and body. Even if you don't use soap, just rinse off at least. Yeah, that, that doesn't happen anywhere. I try. I tried to do it, but I'll tell you what. I just didn't have the same drive to get into the cold tub after the shower every <laughs> single time. So I was like, you know what? I'm fucking getting in there. And they can take a little sweat. And I'm going to take this Gatorade uh, towel. I'm going to dip it into the hot tub because Adam Vinatieri taught me this. And I'm going to go ahead and put that on the kitten caboodle too. So when I get in there, I'm going to put the rubber things on the toes so my toesies don't get too cold. Mm. And my balls are going to be good because that hot Gatorade towel and i'm gonna sit in there 12 15 minutes i'm gonna be back out of this thing tomorrow i'm gonna take a shower and rinse it off and that's all right okay there's a, that's not the right way to do it but that's what i do i appreciate the fact that connor goes shower then bath because that's what every nfl locker room is trying to make their players do uh gardner Minshew, now a member of the philadelphia eagles he was traded out of jacksonville to be a backup i assume for jalen hurts in philadelphia he said the last time and the only interaction he's had with sirianni is whenever he was getting interviewed by the colts and he and Sirianni ended up playing a game of horse where a shirt was lost in the middle of this entire thing. Uh, Minshew has said he's back for revenge. We've heard Sirianni say that he does rock, paper, scissors because he likes to see how these guys compete. Had no idea they were also playing horse. Your thoughts on Minshew, Sirianni, and the legend of that coach in Philadelphia only continuing to grow with every passing day. Okay, so where, where were they having this game of horse, this game of strip horse, I guess, right? Is that what they're talking about? Why was his shirt removed? I think it just got so competitive, it got a little hot in there. And, and okay. I think it's in a room. Everybody has like their own like room, conference room, right? I think, or maybe they get a hotel suite that they empty out. So it had to be just like little, you know, almost like Nerf ball or like a uh, Fisher Price. A, yeah, Fisher Price thing. And the fact that Sirianni's got a jumper, maybe we need to keep him in a little bit higher regards at Ty Schmidt. What are your thoughts whenever you heard this story? Were you just absolutely psyched that you were going to unload some horse jokes into your next Sirianni impression? Yeah, definitely. But, uh, I mean, I was actually thinking about it, and I, I can't remember if it came out yet, but he actually said, you know, a lot, a lot of people think that Gardner is coming in to potentially compete with Jalen to be starting. He's not going to be on the 53-man roster. I brought him in to hone my competitive edge. <laughs> By playing horse and stuff like that, and then it's just a bonus. I mean, we, he took he, he tops off. He looks like a Greek god. He is an Adonis, but I brought him in to help me hone my competitive edge and get those little intricacies and details down. He's not going to be challenging Jalen for the starting quarterback position this year. Uh, Gardner Minshew. What a fucking life this guy. He gets drafted what sixth round, and when he gets drafted, Doug Marone says we got our guy in the sixth round, and then he starts, has an incredible run. Obviously, the George, the mullet, the mustache, the headband. Jacksonville was all in. They were selling all this shit. Yeah. They had all a the mustache day, didn't they? Didn't they give yeah. away fake mustaches mm-hmm. one of the games? And I think they were giving away bandanas, too, or headbands. Yeah. And I mean, it was the Minshew mania was a real thing. And here we are a couple years later, obviously completely moved on. Last year, Mike Lennon beat him out for some spots, but Minshew's a baller. Minshew's a player going to bring energy. Does that help the Philadelphia Eagles get over that hump of disaster? It seems like they're currently riding. I mean, I guess we're going to have to find out. I guess we're going to have to find out. Yeah, Probably we'll not. I would It'll be fun that. for the, I guess he can hopefully improve your defense because if he's running the scouts and offense, like Gardner, Gardner is very dynamic. The dude can make all the plays and he seems to be super competitive. So I'm sure he's talking trash back and forth with the starting defense. So that could help your team. I don't know how much though. We'll see. 
AJ, have you thought about donating back to Ohio State to maybe get that head coaching role called the AJ fucking Hawk head coaching position? Have you heard about what Pitt did with Chris Bickle, class of 1997, University of Pittsburgh? The head coaching job is now called the Chris Bickle of 97 head coach of the Pittsburgh, the Pittsburgh Panther <laughs> football team. This is awesome. I mean, any way to get money you got to do, especially with $20 million, I guess they say, you give us $20 million, you can do whatever the fuck you want. Can I name the head coaching job? Yeah, yeah, you can do whatever the fuck you want and give us $20 million. You got it. I love this. Have you thought about getting into this donate and put your name on shit game that is happening all across college uh, athletics? Well, this it's normally for, like, buildings or rooms. Like, you go into Ohio State's facility. I know a guy, actually, who donates Epstein. a lot of money. And, what's that? <laughs> Epstein. Epstein? No, no, this guy's you know, he's all legit. He, he's uh, he's uh, never been to jail. From what I know, but uh, he uh, he gives a bunch of money, and he his name is right outside the men's locker room. He's or the men's bathroom. That's sick. Not even in the locker room. Outside, he's like, I want my name. Whenever anyone goes in there to take a dump, I want them to look at my name. Gonna, <laughs> they don't know me, but they know that name. And I was like, Hey, man, you give them money, you can do whatever you want. Well, I so when I went down to University of Tennessee with Peyton one time, you know, we drove down Manning Way, and there was a picture of Peyton that was huge, and then the lockers and facilities or the Manning training facility or whatever it is with the amount of money that he's donated but with rocket mortgage just deciding to take the name of the spartans for the basketball team this guy naming the head coach thing some other people have done it as well these sponsorships are just getting to a point that i absolutely love i mean i cannot wait to see the shit that gets titled next i i i could probably donate and just what make the kicking position after me the, oh, yeah. The, yeah. the kicker for West Virginia is that, like, that is awesome. I love it. How do they, some but, point, okay, is it other than like the sign on the coach's office? Where else will this be? Like, the announcers probably aren't going to say this, are they? they have to ask the coach? I think so. Okay, how, expo- how is it going to go? How, how is the announcer going to bring on the, the head coach then? What's he going to say? Uh, the Chris Bickle, class of 97, head coach, Pat, whatever, is not happy about what the boys are going to do. They're going to have to say that. That's like the, the Michigan Spartans presented by Rocket Mortgage are up five. Now we got yep. 10 seconds left in the Michigan Spartans presented by Rocket Mortgage. Have the ball. They're dribbling up, running a little weave, man-to-man for the Michigan Spartans presented by Rocket Mortgage. That's what they're paying for, right? I believe so. In the articles, that's what it said. Man. That's Dan okay. Gilbert. He went to Michigan State. He's the founder of Rocket Mortgage. So he's like, yeah, screw it. I'm a billionaire. Let's just get my name in there, or my company's name in there at least. Hey, Dan Gilbert's had quite a ride. Remember, he was racist for what happened with LeBron. Then he won a championship with LeBron. And then now he's naming shit after himself with the coaching staff in the college. I mean, I love that guy. <laughs> he's the best. Isn't that crazy, though? He's a billionaire. He can pay players to go to Michigan State anything he wants. Like, I feel like none of this is going to make any sense these next couple of years. Yeah, he's going to so need much bumpers. Money. Gonna need bumpers, big time. Hey, what about Chris Bickle? Have you looked? Who is this guy that can donate twenty mil? Like, who? Is, I, I want to know that. Yeah, and did he just potentially put himself into, you know, an investigation? Yeah. Because yeah. now we know that this guy has twenty million dollars just to throw at the fucking name of a coach. You know, like, I think anytime you do anything like that, somebody is going to be like. Where did that money come from? <laughs> and that particular people that are going to do the. Where'd that money come from? The IRS. Just like fucking Mark Davis. You see his new house he's building out there in Vegas, AJ? It is Sweet. A I want to go whenever it's done. I want to be out. Oh. I need an invite to the opening party. I hope his pool parties are like Bill Gates's. You know what I mean? <laughs> I hope that we can really get after it. And Connor mentioned this earlier, but, you know, the IRS is auditing the Raiders for whatever it was, whether it's payment or hiding of funds, classic IRS auditing shit. Mark Davis... He's a completely different entity. That doesn't mean he's getting audited, right? I don't think I know enough about it. He's okay to do whatever he wants with his money, hide his money, however, until he 
uh, raises some alarms, right? Yeah, I would assume he he is like a separate entity, but I'm sure like you know the money is commingled between account. Like who knows where all that money? I have no clue how any of this works, but I wouldn't be I wouldn't want to be bringing any extra attention to myself. I'm sure he's not doing anything wrong, but if you are getting audited and they're spending all this money to audit you, you would assume you're gonna have a hefty fine at least to pay. Yeah, and when they audit you, you know what you gotta do? You gotta freeze them out. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Put the room's temperature down to as cold as possible. Give them no jackets. Fucking make them get after it. I learned that from a wolf one time. Right now, the conversation has to be had about the greatest sports documentary I have ever seen in my entire life. Uh, untold crime and penalties about the Dansbury Trashers, a semi-professional hockey team in the UHL that really never got to see its brightest days ahead of them because of the FBI and such. Ladies and gentlemen, joining us now, general manager for that squad, and a man who runs Champs Gym up in Connecticut, AJ Galante. What up, dude? What's the deal? How you guys doing? Paisan, I want to let you know, I fucking love you. I I don't know if you know this. I've been talking about it for the last two days. When I started watching the doc and the way you're being portrayed early with the hat flip, and everything like that. I grew up in Pittsburgh. There's a lot of folks like you and us around. I thought it was gonna be a nightmare. You built a great team. You handled yourself professionally. That UHL commissioner ended up being a fan of yours. Job well done, my friend, and I'm very thankful for you joining us here today, AJ. Uh, No, thank you guys. It's just just been a whirlwind. I'm just so humbled to, uh, you know, meet you guys and and, uh, thank you for the opportunity. Yeah, I know. Thank you for the opportunity to chat with you. AJ was forced to watch the doc last night. He's got like 10 kids and shit going on. I told him, hey, you got to watch this doc. It's the best doc I've ever seen. Did you know while you were filming it, and I assume for the last however many years in between, that this story was going to be one that people were going to absolutely love? And did you expect the reaction that it's gotten thus far, AJ? I don't know. That's a great question. I mean, when when the producers, the Way Brothers of the whole Untold uh, series, they they were McLean was just like like a pain in the ass girlfriend in the beginning. He kept emailing me, emailing me, calling me. I want to talk to you. I want to talk to you. This is going to be big. And he and I finally was like, I gotta I gotta like at least give this guy the respect of a phone call. And and he's like, listen, you know, he he pitched it in like thirty seconds. He's like, where are we Netflix is making us do five stories. They're big stories, but we gotta get the treasure story in there. I spoke with my dad. We thought about it, and uh, you know, we said, you know what, fuck it, why not, right? So we <laughs> yeah. just um, we just we just did it. I mean, I knew locally would get get some hype, obviously, uh, you know, but. I've been overwhelmed, to be honest. I'm just very humbled by this whole thing, and it's just it's insanity. AJ, do you have any idea? Uh, I believe, I don't know. It looked like maybe your 10th birthday or so when China, The Rock, Triple H, who I believe Shawn Michaels, all of these wrestlers showed up to your – it looked like a backyard birthday party. Do you have any clue at what they got paid or how they got there? <laughs> so this is great because – I mean, wrestling was my first love, and I I still love it. And uh, as a matter of fact, it's my dream. You know, you know, you get to ask that questions. If you have five, you know, three dinner guests, who would it be? Vince McMahon is solidified number one on on my list. But my father was friends with the old wrestler, Lord Wrestling, Lou Albano, from way back in the day. And I guess I don't know how he did it, but 
This was like right six months before The Rock, Triple H. Triple H wasn't even Triple H. He was Hunter Hearst Helmsley. The Rock was Rocky Maivia. They weren't there yet. They were like mid-card guys. So what happened was there was a big show in New Haven, Connecticut, the day of my birthday party. So I don't know how it was arranged. They came to the pool. It was insane. Uh, and then we went to the fights. You know, fights. We went to the um, the show yeah. in New Haven later later uh, that night. It was it was just crazy. I mean, the kids in the kids in my party were like, they, it was it was just insane. It was it was. Uh, China was the best. When I tell you she ate nine hamburgers in an hour, <laughs> that's not an exaggeration. Um, dude, let me tell you something. I, I remember that vividly. It was my 11th birthday party, and I just remember being fixated on her, just eating and eating and eating, and it was like I couldn't get over it. But they were, they were all um, unbelievable, um, unbelievable people. Uh, AJ, I grew up around too many Italians, okay, in Pittsburgh, and there's been uh, there's been a couple situations at weddings and other situations where I've walked into a room, and maybe some things were being chatted about, and basically I was given a look by either a dear friend of mine's dad or uncle that was like, hey, yeah, go go have a good time somewhere else, basically, you know what I mean? Like, hey, you need to need to disappear for a time. Yeah, take a walk. And, and I think the the entire world is fa infatuated by the Italian. Mafia, mobster lifestyle. And I think that being a part of this whole thing is one of the big draws to it, right? But it felt like you and your dad had a much different relationship than every other kind of mob situation I have seen. It felt like you and your dad were a great tag team. Is Did you realize your whole life? Because in the doc, it says you hung out with your dad. You met a lot of guys. They tra you, treated you with respect. You were very mature, by the way. Even though the way you dress, I think a lot of people said, oh, he was a child or whatever. But the way you handled yourself seemed to be very mature. Did you guys know what was going on with your – you know what you go, was going on with your dad the whole time? Or was there some shit that was kind of held away from you throughout your entire life? Listen, uh, yeah, I mean, me and my dad to this day, I mean, our relationship is, it's so different. You know, I mean, uh, one day he's your dad, one day he's your boss, one day you don't, you just don't know. I mean, we've been attached at the hip since literally birth, but I remember since, um, since five years old, I used to go to, go to his yard and I, I, I used to hate going and, uh. I would be playing with my Ninja Turtles on his desk and just absorbing like everything that was going on. And, uh, you know, you see things, um, but it was so normal, you know? I, and, and again, um, it just, a lot of stuff was so normal to me. And, and you know, as, as this story goes on, there's so many layers to it. Um, so many people are so fascinating, but it was just normal life to us. You know, it, it really was for me, my sister, um, the people we were around, you know, Good, bad, and different. It was just what it was, you know. Do you ever do you stay in touch with any of the uh, any of the players? I know at the end, uh, I forget his name. You know, the the old tough guy is hugging your dad, and the guy's getting a little emotional. Winger, great. yeah, winger. Yeah, what a, an awesome, yeah, I scary spoke, human he, being. Yeah, he uh, he lives in Vancouver. I spoke with him yesterday, actually, and uh, I mean, I mean, that's a guy. Even to this day, you you want in a foxhole with you, and and uh, I tell you, it went. When we started the team, he was technically our, you know, legend has it was Brent Gretzky who was our first player, but really it was Wingfield. And, uh, you know, he's just such a such a great man. You know, he's like a real man. And I remember, you know, the, the first offseason going into our second year, 
you know, he was rehabbing that that horrific injury, and, and he stayed at our house the whole offseason. I mean, he was like a, a big brother I never had, and we'd be sitting there playing, like, NHL 05, and he'd be whining because I would be beating his ass, and uh, he couldn't <laughs> do anything about it because he was in that leg. You know, I, I could talk a lot to him because he was in that cast that, that he was immobilized, and we'd be playing PlayStation all day, all night, and if if you're listening, Winger, you, you know what happened. We had a big 21-game series one weekend, and uh, it was easy work. And uh, to this day, he still – he knows. He knows the truth. We, we didn't have Snapchat and all that stuff to record it back then. But in his heart, he knows He knows what happened that weekend. Okay, so me and AJ both, obviously, very lucky to be on some great teams. And I say this every single year going into the NFL season. You can, you can measure how fast somebody is. You can measure how strong they are. But that camaraderie of a team coming together – is the X factor. It felt like in such a quick time, you were able to build a team that really, it was like a family in there. And I think obviously T-Bone is a big part of that, especially with boots (laughs) on the ground. That might be the most electric fucking human I've ever seen in my life. But I don't think you're getting enough credit for the way you build a team as a fucking 17-year-old. Have you ever thought about getting back into general managing or team building or anything like that? You know, Pat, I tell people, and it's I'm not just trying to sound funny about it. To this day, anything I've ever done in my life has been total luck or fluke. Like, I, I, I always... Me feel too. Like hey, way. me, AJ, me too. <laughs> like, I, I just wake up one day, and it's like you're the GM of a team. Uh, I wake up one day, and I'm in professional boxing. I, I've never been prepared for anything. Um, you know, some people, you know, they, they want to be a lawyer. You go to law school, you know, that's, you know, obviously people change their minds or careers, but you know, people at some point, they have an idea what they want to do and they do it. Me, I don't friggin' know what I'm doing. Have to, I wake up every day and it's like, oh, you're talking to Pat McAfee. I'm like, all right, I'm talking to Pat McAfee. I don't, I, don't know. <laughs> I, I just, I just wake up and I just, honest to God, we just, it's just like the trashes. I, I wing it. Every day I'm winging it. I don't know where I'm going, what I'm doing, but somehow it, it's the ups and downs of life. As long as I get home and uh, I could flop on the bed, it's a good day. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, you're doing a hell of a job. At Boston Connor, he was up in the area, and uh, he's part of our show every single day. And we, I don't think I've ever been more disappointed with somebody than after watching that doc and then telling Connor, like, how the fuck have you not told me about this team up there in Connecticut? Go ahead, Connor. Yeah, I've been disappointed in my life many times and have disappointed (laughs) a lot of people, but this is definitely the pinnacle of all of them. AJ, you mentioned uh, watching the spectacle of eating that went on at your birthday party. Were there any other interactions with The Rock or Triple H that kind of stood out that you remember uh, pretty well from that day? Well, I, what I remember, I just remember being in a fog, you know, seeing these guys and, you know, they were, you know, it was like they were, I was just watching them on Monday Night Raw like three days earlier and they're here at, you know, they're at your pool. And uh, I remember The Rock, and he wasn't The Rock at the time, was so such a sweet guy, but very quiet to the point where Triple H was like breaking his balls. He was like, we're Rocky, you're going to talk to the birthday boy? Like, say something, you know what I mean? And he was really quiet and but very sweet and nice. Triple H broke my heart. And I hope he's listening because I learned to respect. I had the most respect for this man. And I've always loved wrestling to this day. I still watch. But I got the biggest reality check of my life that day. And what I realized that day was, man, 
wrestling is legit. I don't care what anyone says. I used to get into fights with people over wrestling. You can't tell me anything about wrestling. Triple H, you know, he's at the birthday party. Great guy taking pictures, talking, funny, breaking balls. We go to the show later uh, Later on that night. We go to the show. They leave like 3 o'clock. God, bye, guys. You know, ba, ba, ba. So we go to the show. Uh, we're sitting front row. It's me, my, my buddy Steve, Mike, my sister. And, you know, Triple H at the time is a bad guy. So, you know, all the guys are at the birthday party. They had their matches. They're coming out. They're slapping us five. They see us. They're all baby face, you know. Yeah, you know, I'm feeling like oh, I'm, I'm the guy. I'm, I am. These guys are coming up. to. So Triple H is probably the co-main event that night. He comes out with China. And, you know, they're, they're heels. And I'm just like, yeah, Triple H, yeah, my guy, come here. I was just with you at my pool. He comes over, he stops dead in front of me. He gets this close to me. He goes, you sit your ass down. You already had your autographs and pictures. Sit your ass down and shut your mouth. (laughs) Dude, my heart sunk. I was heartbroken. Oh. China, China looked at me and she's, you know, she's bad too. So she's looking at me. I'm like, China, this broad just ate all our hamburgers. <laughs> Dude, I'm like, I, I was like, as an 11 year old, I was like, what the hell just happened? And my dad's sitting there laughing his ass off. And, and I'm just like, dad, can you believe this? He's like, AJ, he's like, this is who he is. When he, when he goes into his business, this is who he is. And, but he broke my heart, and I'll never forget it. But he actually made me love bad guys. Because from that point on, I always cheered for the heels. Anytime a wrestler was a bad guy, that was my guy. I'd buy the shirts. i play with them in the video games. And so, in a way, he sparked a lot of... A lot the of- Trashers! He, he sparked Triple the H, Triple H might have some sort of root and seed with the trashers because from that time he broke my heart and I wanted to cry and he's in my face and I'm 11 and he's like you sit your ass down and I'm like I was shocked and I was just like holy shit this guy's crazy and I'm I, I, I I've loved him ever since never saw him again since then but he might have been that that one flick of, of a lighter that kind of started this whole friggin' flame for all I know. <laughs> I will let him know, and I'm sure he'll send a message to you. And listen, your dad. listen, my dream, I will cut a promo right now. I will face him face-to-face anytime. <laughs> Triple H, I'll meet you at WrestleMania. We will talk about this shit because we, we, we're going to have we're gonna have a problem, me and you. And and you know what? In my backyard wrestling federation, I was the only two-time champion. That's <laughs> whoa! I was the only two-time HTV champion in Danbury. And I'll tell you what: we can meet anywhere you want, Triple H. I knew you before you were Triple H. We can meet and talk about this. I'm, I'm a grown man now, so <laughs> you, you, you know what you know what it is. Man. <laughs> I'm gonna get it. Hey, I think. Uh... <laughs> I think I've pitched like six matches with Triple H as well to him. So I'm excited to hear if uh, he will answer that. AJ, watching that doc, you know, it's so captivating because the amount of people, obviously, John Gotti's getting referenced in this fucking thing. And then obviously all the wrestlers and then your hockey team was legit. That UHL commissioner, you guys ever talk to him still? He was an electrifying figure in that documentary, dude. 
after my father and my mother, no one's ever yelled at me more than Richard Versal. <laughs> <laughs> and because all of our games were played on the weekends, uh, whether, you know, you'd have a couple midweek random games, but it was all weekend. So I'd come home from college, I'd, whether it was home games, away games, and, you know, we'd do what we do. And every Monday I'd be on 684 heading back to New York, you know, heading back to college. And I'd get the call from Missouri. He was in Missouri at the time. You know, his little, little squeaky voice. What the hell are you doing? You, you are insane. I'm going to suspend you. I mean, he fined me a few times. And uh, I remember once, I don't know what I did, but he said, you have to write an apology letter. And... I remember, <laughs> I remember writing it out as like a goof in like crayon. You know what I'm saying? And and we we faxed it to him, and he called me ripping. Oh man, we had so much fun. But don't let him fool you. He loved it. And I I, I called him when the documentary dropped. I called him. I said, man, we got to take this show on the road. And I mean, this guy. I thought he was the star of the whole doc. I mean, he was hilarious. And that was really him. He was he not. He was not putting on a show or embellishing. That was Richard Brassall. He he was um man, he was he's like a little George Costanza. He was so angry all the time with me. <laughs> um last question from me here, and I know you probably have to go, and I can't thank you enough for your time. What is your dad up to now? He didn't really dive into that, I don't think, at the end of the doc. Is your dad still running the yard or what's he got going on? My dad is going to be 69 this coming January, and he wakes up 4 a.m. and he's on a heating oil truck every day. He carries the hose. He fills up people's houses every day. He, he he's on a, he's a, he's an oil truck driver. That's what he's doing. And I'm like, Dad, you got to take a rest. You know, I mean, I understand it's it's, you know, but he won't. He's never going to stop. Never. He's the best, by the way, and I was so happy to learn about him. As somebody who appreciates the hell out of the Italians, you know, I mean, you guys, great food, yeah. great food, good culture. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, just the stories are forever. And learning about your family and what you guys were able to accomplish with that hockey team, I'm eternally grateful for it. Please tell your dad we said hello. Tell T-Bone we said fucking A-Guy. Can't wait. Need a guy like that on every team. Uh, we yeah. appreciate you so much, AJ. Hey, you, you send me some sizes. We're going to get the whole team some jerseys. You yes. send me numbers oh. and last names. Hell yeah. I'm going to take care of that for you guys. Hey, I, I, I didn't earn it, okay? I did not earn <laughs> it. But being a trasher seems like it's a, it would be like a dream come true for a lot of people and myself hey, included. Hey. Hey, you know, it was just two years, but it's a badge of honor. You send me, you, you tell them to email me numbers and, and names or whatever you want. It's a done deal. Ah, uh, you're the best. AJ Galante, we got SmackDown at MSG, by the way, in two weeks. I don't know if you're still in that area. Hey, listen, you tell Triple H I'm coming for him one day. I don't know. I'll jump the guardrail or something, but I I'm getting my promo with him one day. <laughs> yeah, smack him right in the fucking mouth. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, the general manager of the Dansbury Trashers, star of the Netflix documentary Untold Crime and Penalties, AJ Galante. Thank you, AJ! So sorry to interrupt, but I want to let you know that if you're not gambling with FanDuel, you're wrong. 
Okay, FanDuel Sportsbook is available in uh, seven states, I believe, at this point. Uh, six, seven, eight. You get it. If you're not gambling with FanDuel Sportsbook, though, you're completely wrong. And if we're not in your state yet, we are coming to your state. We have better odds. We have a much easier to use app. The convenience is next level. The people at FanDuel actually refund people when they shouldn't refund people, giving back hundreds of millions and millions of dollars to their users. FanDuel Sportsbook is the best sports book going for a lot of reasons, most of them what I just said. Uh, we are very thankful for our partnership with FanDuel, obviously. There are so many different ways to win. There's more things to bet on. Their boosts seem to always hit, which is just fucking themselves over time and time again. Uh, we love the hell out of FanDuel Sportsbook, and you will too. If you haven't used it yet, use it now. Nah. Also, there's fantasy on there, daily fantasy, and free-to-play games where you can win money. Shout out to FanDuel. Shout out to you. Let's get back to the show. Joining us now. A man who is in the middle of one of the greatest runs we've seen in some time on media. He's the host of the MMA Hour. He works for BT Sport. He covers fighting. He covers boxing. He covers wrestling. You saw him at the Jake Paul Showtime fight. Big shout out to Brendan Schaub for allowing him to do that. Ladies and gentlemen, Ariel Hillwater. Yeah! What's up? Can't, Can't do play that. It. Oh, no. Sorry. 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 That is real. Hollywood Hiowani joining us live with a bookcase in front of him behind him. There we go. Hey, hell of a couple weeks, pal. Yeah. We're proud of you, buddy. How you doing? You feeling good? Well, first of all, how are you doing, Patrick? I'm very worried about you. It seems like you're in great spirits. Uh, I'd be lying if I didn't say I had a moment. We were supposed to do a post-fight shoot at SummerSlam, right? If you recall, we were supposed to be in the same room. And then I find out that there's going to be a hurricane hitting New York City. So then I get the heck out of Las Vegas. And then I find out that you caught COVID. And I thank my lucky stars because Lord knows... The people need Hilwani in their life. I thank my lucky stars that I wasn't in the hotel room with you because I wouldn't have done the Jake Paul Tyron Woodley fight. Could you have imagined if Patrick McAfee would have been the reason for me not getting the biggest opportunity in my life? I would have never forgiven you. It would have been awesome. But to be clear, <laughs> yeah. there was uh, numerous people that were in that hotel room. I don't think I got it in Vegas. I don't believe. Now, it seems like Vegas would be the place where I would have got it. But everybody I was with out there, knew, in planes with eating with sharing cones with did not get it so oh I, my. I believe where do you think you got it what's the scoop have you given the scoop yet have you told the story we don't know we honestly don't know we were trying to figure it out it might have been a delivery person maybe that came to the office maybe some food maybe somewhere else i'm not 100 sure but none of the boys got it and i was with them monday tuesday after the SummerSlam. my wife and her friend was in a plane with me after SummerSlam in the room with me and we smoked they didn't get it so it was just like I'm not in the PJ. They were in the PJ with you, and they didn't get it. Yeah, neither did the pilots. So I mean, it is it is a big question on where this Delta son of a bitch came into my life. But it's great to know that I stomped it, just like I'll stomp you if you ever want to fucking run your I mouth will, again. I will bury you where you stand. I just want to know. Most importantly, did AJ get it? I know he doesn't live in the same state as you, but I was just worried for his well-being. I'm in the clear, Ariel. He Pat could yeah. not. 
transmit that to me. I don't think if he wanted. Let me to. tell you something about AJ Hawk right here. Okay, one of the realest mofos you'll ever meet. I mean, this guy sent me one of the nicest text messages I ever received. I'm sure. I'm sorry for breaking kayfabe here, AJ. But me Sorry. and AJ are teaming up to create one of the best and biggest and most dangerous super teams of 2021, all right? <laughs> the feud is over. The mega powers have come together. You will never hear a bad word out of this mouth about that man with that tremendous, tremendous ponytail, okay? I think it's real. I'm pretty sure it's real, just like his bookcase. Is that a ponytail? What is it? Is that a man? The jawline. What about his jawline, not the ponytail, okay? He okay, cuts his own ponytail, fucking hair. Every one of his kids that guy has the same real. haircut, too. That guy is real. That guy's a real mofo right there. So I just want to give a shout-out to uh, AJ. Um, and it's just so good to be here. You know, Heelwani running wild, probably the hottest gimmick in uh sports and entertainment right now and you're lucky that you get me for a few minutes we should probably speed this up a little bit because i got a few i got to do the bump i got to give those guys the rub as well and i got some other things that i'm working on ariel that's hey i wanted so for people that don't know what's been going on over the last like 10 days two weeks for you can you can you let people know exactly like what what happened and what caused you to really just feel like you're you're under the the chains are off like ariel we're seeing the real you Look what look at uh, Edward R. Hawk over here coming out with the yeah. uh, hard hitting questions. Okay, this is good stuff. Before this, you were on a run, then you just said mofo again. It's like, oh, corporate Helwani's back. Yeah. Okay, cool. You sound like a twelve year old. Cool. Listen, That's you great. don't you don't wanna you don't wanna get crazy with the F bombs. You have the impact that I had yesterday with the F bomb because I don't overuse it like some other people here, okay? You gotta know when to pick your spots. Now Look, it's it's unf- if if we're going to be serious, it's unfair for me to say like, oh, it's just been you know a couple of weeks. It's been a few months. It's been a really hard few months for me. Um, I felt like my soul was dying. I felt like I was losing my place in this media world that I've worked so hard to you know carve out for myself. I felt like I was becoming irrelevant. I felt like I was being forgotten about. Um, and then I leave, and then I took time off, which I've never done before. And then I went to Montreal to see my family, my parents, my sister, who I had not seen for over a year. And I felt like one of those video game characters who eats the, you know, the mushroom. And now I'm starting to get all my power back. And then I come back and I get all these jobs and all these opportunities. And they all started at the same time. And it coincided with going to Vegas for the first time in 18 months for SummerSlam. And then it coincides with the opportunity of a lifetime to work on Showtime for the Jake Paul, Tyron Woodley fight. And it all happened together. And, uh, you know, I just feel I, I honestly I'll be honest with you guys. I'll, I'll shoot straight with you guys. Uh, I've always had bad anxiety. I've always been a nervous person. Uh, it got really bad at the beginning of the year. I started to talk to a therapist. I just got off the phone with her. That's why I couldn't come on earlier. And she helped me understand that I should be proud of what I've done, that there are going to be great opportunities. Working with her since February really helped me a lot. I don't know if I have the guts to leave ESPN because, again, I want to reiterate, they offered me a contract. I don't know if I have the guts to do that without her helping me realize that there are other things out there, that I could be myself, that I could be happy and all these things. And so now I started these jobs and everything's going well and I feel like I got my voice back and I feel like I got my smile back. Shout out to Michael Higginbottom, Shawn Michaels. And I feel like you know I, I, I'm able to be myself more so than ever. And if I'm being honest, I've been sitting back for the past 18 months and I've seen a lot of people take shots at Hiawani. And if I'm being honest, I was told time and again not to punch back. Well, guess what? I'm punching back. And Woo! I'm not sitting back and letting anyone talk shit about me anymore because 
I'm tired of it. And especially, look, like I said yesterday, you could talk smack about me being a bad journalist, a bad personality, a bad reporter, a bad host, a bad this, a bad that. But don't lie about me anymore. I'm not going to take the lies. So yesterday I spoke about an individual named Brendan Schaub who was lying constantly about me. And uh, it's kind of funny. I put out a little bat signal on Twitter the night before that some people on Reddit, shout out to those people, knew what I was talking about. And all of a sudden I get a text. I get an apology. And I said to Brendan, who I've never had an issue with, despite all the shots, I said, cool. If you're going to apologize to me privately, I hope you're also going to do so publicly because that's where this started. You smeared my name publicly and lied about me publicly and said I was a bad teammate and a bad colleague publicly. And you said that you got the job first from Showtime and I only got it because you turned it down publicly. So I want you to go on your public little show (laughs) and I want you to apologize to me. And so once he does, the beef will be squashed. Until he does... We'll see what happens. We'll see what I choose to do. Okay, well, there's a lot that just happened there. First of all, yeah. congratulations on finding your voice. Yeah. Yeah. Hell yeah. We are happy because every time you came on this show, you were just 10 to 30 times better than the shit you were doing on TV. I mean, it was there was no question that you were going to have success in this independent world. I think I told you that, I believe. Yes. I believe the boys told you that. I think in the middle of burying you, there was a lot of like, you seem to have everything that you could possibly need to make it yourself. I'm happy you bet on yourself. No matter how you ended up betting on yourself, I'm happy you bet on yourself. And we're all getting a chance to see it. I got no issues with Brendan Schaub, but I do like the fact that you're sticking up for yourself in this entire thing. And uh, I was given that Showtime job. And I said, no, hell, Juan, he can take it. Uh, (laughs) I love it. I love it. Listen, I would be okay with that. I would be okay with that. You got skills. You got talent. Here's what I don't like. Whoa! Here's, Let's hey, go! Here, listen, here's what I don't like about what Brendan has done over the last – first of all, he repeated a five-year lie about what happened at UFC 199 that was 100% false, that was first um, uh, spewed by Joe Rogan on his podcast. And I addressed that publicly time and again. For some reason in July, I'm in Mont-Tremblant, Quebec trying to enjoy a quarantine with my kids and I see Brendan on his little show sitting back and saying, well, let me tell you about, uh, you know, how Ariel, uh, you know, has to deal with uh, the consequences of what he did. You know, a lot of people got in trouble. It's like, what the hell is this guy talking about? This is a lie that I thought I, I addressed five years ago. So that was number one. Number two, he starts talking about me being sitting back in his little chair i've heard from a million different people that this guy is the worst to work with he is the worst colleague on the planet i have heard this from all who are your sources brendan who are your sources you don't sit around and talk yeah right you don't sit around (laughs) and talk about someone's character like that it's that's not how this works you know you could talk again talk about me being a bad journalist a bad host but don't okay all right good all right well i'm happy and then and then he goes What's going on? I mean, hey, I think Shab's at my dog. door. Brandon <laughs> <laughs> Shab just showed up at my goddamn Listen, door. Tell further brand over there. To pipe down, I'm shooting a promo here, okay? I'm trying hey, to cut she, something on everyone, all right? Hey, listen, you cut all the promos you want. You don't want any piece of at Mrs. Batchman. <laughs> no, no, I meant the dogs. I meant the dogs. I didn't uh, mean her. I meant, the, I meant the company. I didn't mean your wife. Utmost respect. Anyway, 
Then he goes on his pod, his little uh, whatever it is, fight companion. Everyone's got a fight companion these days. I mean, for God's sakes, <laughs> do we all really need six people talking at the same time while there's an actual professional broadcast going on? In any event, he goes, well, how do you think he got that job? You know, I gave it to him. And, you know, I wasn't going to say anything. I really wasn't. I was going to take the high road like I always do. High road, Helwani. But on Tuesday night, I said, you know what? Rest in peace, High Road Helwani. <laughs> it's time for the Helwani era, and I am not going to let anyone slander my name anymore. And so I just wanted everyone to know, if you come at the king, Ugh. you best not miss. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, I appreciate you. I want to let you know, I appreciate the hell out of you sticking up for yourself. All right? That is a, that is a big-time move, and I have learned a lot about you as a human through this entire independent process, betting on yourself, sticking up for yourself. Hopefully you and Brendan are able to get past this and nobody else will talk any shit about you getting jobs that you don't deserve because... Can I, Go ahead. I just want to add, I have never said anything about Brendan Schaub. I actually think what he did going from a UFC fighter who, who didn't realize his dreams, right? Utmost respect. And then creating this like thing for him, this orbit, the comedy, the... Po- like I had no issues with the guy. And that's why every time I'm like, why does this dude keep lying about me? Why does this guy keep making like, – why is he even talking about me? Like he's sitting back talking about the media business and what happened to me at ESPN and the offer. I'm like, dude, you don't even know me. You don't even text me. I have no relationship with you whatsoever. Just keep my name out of your mouth. Stop talking about me and then clipping it off for clicks, which I don't even know if you buy or not. I don't know if they're legit. But in any event, it's usually one of the highest rated things on your YouTube page. Stop talking about me. That's it. So I have respect for him and what he's built and what he's done. But enough is enough. I'm not right. enough with all the slander. All right, let's That's- celebrate you now, as opposed to the beef that you're in, and hopefully you'll be out of uh, soon. And the fight gamer seems to be a lot of that. What were your thoughts on the Rocket Mortgage uh, Fieldhouse? That place was electrifying. I thought you did a great job, by the way. There was a couple different situations where you had to showcase your actual ability, as opposed to just being a robot asking questions. I thought you crushed the weekend. I I assume Thanks. the Showtime has told you they're very thankful for everything you did. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so it was an interesting situation, and I really do appreciate you know that how much um, your words mean to me, and and AJ said the same, and it really does mean a lot. I've been dreaming of that role, that specific role of doing that role since I was a little kid. Since I used to go to this this uh, this bar in Montreal called Jilly's, a pool hall, and watch Roy Jones and Arturo Gatti fight on HBO Boxing. Um, I love everything about a big fight week and the tension and the build up and all that stuff and. I've been dreaming of being in that Larry Merchant role, that Max Kellerman role, that uh, Jim Gray role, you know, the the, the 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 announcer and also the third man in the booth and all this stuff. And I'm really thankful that they gave me this opportunity. It was unique because of Woodley and there was another MMA fighter on the card. And I just really wanted to deliver for them. You know, I have an interesting history with Showtime because I was supposed to work on the Mayweather-McGregor World Tour for Showtime in 2017. I was a part of that um, broadcast team. It was going to go from uh, L.A. to Toronto to Brooklyn to um, London, and um, I got the job. I was in. I was. I was in L.A. at Staples Center, literally an hour before before the first leg of the uh, of the World Tour. And uh, Steven Espinoza, who's the president of Showtime Sports, um, sent me a text said he needed to meet with me in the the hotel lobby, the JW Marriott, if you know where that is, right across the street from Staples, and um, I said, sure. And he said, unfortunately, you can't be a part of the broadcast. Uh, Dana White threw a fit and he doesn't want you a part of it. And so we're really sorry. We, uh, you know, we fought to have you, but it's just, it's too much of a headache. I'll tell you what we'll do. We're going to pay you in full. 
I wanted to meet with you face to face and do this the right way and I really respected that. So that was my only interaction with that man. Now here I am four years later and I get a chance to work on this card. And so it felt really special that I got this opportunity and no one was going to take it away from me. And I have dreamed of being in that moment like Paul Woodley, the chaos of the boxing, post-fight, you know, melee, interview, all this stuff. I was like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I'm here. I can't believe this actually happened. Can I tell you guys a story? Yes. This, this is how this is. I'm sorry for going long here, but like, this, I, I'm so Hey, it's the Hawani show. And there's Let's people go. watching this Let's one. Go. So, <laughs> who else do you have here? You have Ian Rappaport on for the ninth time this week, for God's sake. I mean, can we switch it up? Where's Schefter at? I mean, he's come the on. Schefter won't come on our show anymore because oh. of your old employer, I think. That's right. That's right. Um, in any event, so I get to do this. I'm Shout next to Mora now. Always answers the call whenever we yeah, call. The best. Don't man, listen man. to anything. This. This son of a bitch is saying, Ian, don't, don't listen to that, but go ahead, please. No. I'm sitting next to Mauro Ronaldo, who to me meant the world growing up, legend, legend. former WWE uh, announcer, NXT, uh, was the first guy to ever put me on his show. November of 2007, he had a show, Fight Network Radio. I was an absolute nobody, put me on as a guest, called me the titan of Twitter. I thought I had reached the mountaintop. I thought being interviewed by Mauro, the voice of pride um, at the time was the absolute highest that I could ever reach. And so to finally get to work with him was huge. And I'm sitting there right before the show starts um, and we're doing our little intro at the desk. And again, like I've been a part of the ancillary coverage. And why, someone might be asking, because as you know, the UFC controls production. So I never got to be on the actual Uh. broadcast, right? I couldn't be in the cage. I couldn't be at the desk, even though I thought I could add something. I thought I could be good. Not saying I'm better than anyone, but I thought that I could you know, actually do something if given the chance. So here I was getting my chance. And uh, this Drake line that I always reference to pump myself up um, comes to, 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 it comes into my head, which is someone told me I fell off. Ooh, I needed that from the headline song. I love Drake. He's my favorite um, rapper, artist, whatever you want to say. And so in that moment, I'm supposed to hype up Woodley. And at the end of my little thing, I said, you know, and if I could steal a line from Drake for a second – um, whose new album comes out tomorrow. Shout out to Drake, Champagne Poppy, Drizzy Drake, The Sixth God, The Man. Shout out. Shout out. Yeah. Uh, I said, you know, for the last few months, a lot of people have been saying that, you know, I said, no, this is what I said. I said, so oh, I, no. I, I blew it. I blew it. I blew it. I said, <laughs> oh, I said no. in Drake's this moment. Watching. Drake is watching this, Ariel. Listen, I said, in this moment, I said, in the, cut it from here. I said, in this moment, <laughs> cut. Uh, in this moment, I am reminded of a famous line from the lyrical genius Drake, who once said, someone told me I fell off, who I needed that. And let's be honest, guys. Let's be honest. For the last few months, a lot of people have said Tyron Woodley has fallen off. Tonight, we find out if he needed that. And I'm like, yes, Helwani, you're killing it. You're feeling good. So we go from the desk to ringside. And now I'm about to call my first fight ever. I've never been a part of the broadcast booth. I've never been next to Moro now and Al Bernstein. I'm like, let me just quickly check. You know, are people digging my vibe? They like the suit. <laughs> uh, like, do I know what I uh, can I? DM from Champagne Poppy. Whoa! DM from Drake. Literally five minutes after I said it. Thanks for the shout out, brother. Love the quote. What? Champagne oh, Poppy wow. with 90 million followers? And then- at that point, I was like, no, I'm here. Let's go. 
Well, it sounds like that gave you the confidence to, to carry you through the rest of that broadcast. But going to the fight, did you? What did you expect coming into that? I, I expected Tyron to win. I really did. I don't know what. I know Jake is good. I respect what he can do in the ring. But was that how you expected the, the fight to turn out? Honestly, Tyron did better than I thought he was going to do because um, if you watched his last four fights, you could see he was a little tentative. Um, he wasn't fighting like himself. He wasn't throwing as much. In his last fight against Vicente Luque in March, he was a little more aggressive, which ended up going well except for the fact that you know it ended up being part of his undoing because he lost in the first round via submission, which had never happened before. So I was afraid. Here's Tyron Woodley who had looked out of his comfort zone in a sport which he is comfortable in, MMA, now going to a sport that he is not comfortable in, is he going to look even more out of his comfort zone, if you mm. what I'm saying? And so I was yeah. afraid that he would kind of be like a deer in the headlights and, and not know what to do. In the end, there were moments, as I said, I, I, th I thought I was you know, fair on the broadcast. Like There were moments where he was aggressive. There were moments where he probably could have been more aggressive. I thought he won the fourth round. I think you can make a case for the eighth round. I don't agree with the split decision. I don't know how you score that fight for Tyron Woodley. He had his moments. Uh, I wish for his sake that he was a little more aggressive at times, especially when it seemed like he had Jake on the ropes. Um, I thought Teddy Atlas put a great on my show on Monday. If you've never had Teddy, by the way, great guest for you guys if there's a big fight. Just said like he was wondering if, if, if Tyron wanted to win or if Tyron was just hoping not to be embarrassed. And there are moments when you are trying to go in there and finish the job, but you're also leaving yourself open. And he was wondering if maybe Tyron was skeptical about, because let's be honest, you get knocked out by Jake Paul, like your legacy changes forever. And I think he did enough to where it didn't tarnish his legacy. I think it tarnished Ben Askren's legacy. I think Ben Askren will always be talked about. Absolutely. It's not fair, but the last act that we saw from Ben Askren was him overweight getting punched by Jake Paul and losing in the first round the way we just did. It's not fair, but that's just it. That didn't happen to Tyron, and I don't think he wanted that to happen. So I think he represented. I think he looked good, but ultimately I think Jake is a pretty good boxer. Now is Jake raw? Are there some holes? Did he maybe bite off a little more than he could chew? Yeah, sure. But could we just put an end to the whole Jake Paul fighter debate? Like, this man just went eight rounds with a former UFC champion. I don't care if it was a four-fight losing streak. Got lost in three years. Like, Jake Paul is a fighter. And Jake Paul is good for boxing and he's good for combat sports. And those guys, every single fight on that card got paid more than they ever got paid in their entire career, including Tyron Woodley. So what's wrong with all of this? I don't get why anyone would be complaining right now. Ask these nuts um, whenever Jake Paul was going through how much everybody's making more money, and then that was <laughs> that was great. It was I great. Mean, that's lead up. Yeah, that's you, another you thing. Did. I know. I, I never got those 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 spots, and I've watched those moments. I've watched those interviews. I've watched those like I've watched all of that and dreamed. How would I do? What would I do? Because you know, you you know, Pat. Like you're in those situations. And sometimes you get a guy who wants to be the star, who wants to overpower the guest, who wants to interject and interrupt. I was happy to go 10 minutes without saying a word, as long as you could kind of steer them. And I think there's a science to that. And uh, so I was just really happy, man. If I never get to do it again, at least I got to do it once. I'd be lying to you guys right now if I said I don't want to do it more. And I don't care if it's an MMA. Like, I think I could do that for boxing. Why not? I've been watching boxing longer than I've been watching MMA. Um, yeah, I think I think you did a hell of a job, and you're a great interviewer, by the way. I mean, you just you just ask the hardest question and put people in terrible spots, and they give you they have to answer it. I mean, it's a, it's an interesting style, but you are incredible at it. I want to let you know your interview with Nick Khan, fucking unbelievable, by the way. Nobody ever really gets that amount of time with him, but I mean, just literally asking him about every single hot topic takes massive gut sack. So I have 
The oh, they said, they said I gave him softballs, the internet. The internet said I uh, threw Yeah, out. right, dude. You asked him about every hot topic thing. It was like, yeah, I mean, this is a very easy way to get clicks, but also takes a lot of gut sack when you're sitting across from somebody to ask that question. I'm nothing but impressed with your work, sir. I'm very happy for you as well. Uh, Ty Schmidt has a question for you back in the studio. Yeah, Ariel, you were just talking about you know uh, the previous time with Showtime and Dana White not being okay with it. I know you have like the relationship with a lot of these fighters, but are you worried at all about your relationship with Dana going forward? Like, Does credentials really matter for you if you're going to be working at these MMA events or UFC events? Um, like, does that, does that really impact what you're going to be doing going forward? That's a great question. By the way, uh, is that T-shirt in honor of me over there? Because I What's it say? It says heel. I mean, I'm heel Wani. I mean, oh, that's know. Ziggler's, actually. You would try to steal somebody else's okay. gimmick, though. All right. Uh, interesting. Um, I got some news on merch coming soon, so stay tuned for that, guys. Okay? We're doing things. We're doing things here. Okay? We're doing things. That's A.J. Hawk, realest mofo in the game right there. Okay? I love that man. If I was Keep in the same there, I would kiss him on the forehead. Um, Don't do that with this COVID shit, please. Yeah. That's, okay. I'm, I'm not worried about that. As far as I know, I'm not banned. I don't know why I would be banned. What did I do? I'm, I'm just out here trying to live my best life. I'm not trying to be unfair or unethical. You leaked the Brock Lesnar news early, didn't you, Ariel? Remember? I yeah, yeah, bro. I leaked it. They told me not to. That, by the way, that was five years ago, and there's like some revisionist history going on. You know I was unbanned 48 hours later, right? Like people seem to have forgotten that that ban only <laughs> lasted for 48 hours, and then I've gone to a gazillion events since then. All that being said, one of the cool byproducts of this little free agency tour that I went on um, – after leaving ESPN or knowing that I was going to leave ESPN was every time I was talking to people about what they wanted me to do, I would ask, like, what about the events? What about fight week and things like that? And they all said, yeah, we don't really think there's much value there. Like, okay, you, like, what do, I, what do you need me there for? So I could sit cage side and take a picture of the cage and be like, my office for the night on Instagram? <laughs> like, what, what are you getting out of me there, right? Like, that's what everyone loves to do. All the media guys like to take the picture of the field, like, not a bad office for the afternoon. Okay. <laughs> what are you doing? You're not offering us anything. You're not getting us any good content. So I feel like with my shows, Monday, Wednesday, and by the way, yes, we typically go head-to-head, and I'm going to bury you the same way WCW buried um, Raw for 83 weeks. It's going to be a great It's a bad idea. I told you this. I said, Stay why tuned. are you going? Like, why are you going in the middle of the afternoon? Especially because a lot I was of there people first. are probably fans of yours. I was there first, okay? Listen, it's you know how people slot. have forgotten. You know how people forgot about that forty-eight hour ban because of revisionist history. Ain't nobody <laughs> know you fucking went at one o'clock on Mondays and Wednesdays. <laughs> yeah. Ain't okay. nobody know that. In any event, I feel like I could do a lot of great work um, from wherever I am. I don't need to be beholden to the credential. Thank God, maybe I. Uh, you know, it's it's a byproduct of success. It's not that I don't want to go, but there's just why am I going to leave my kids? Why am I going to leave my wife, my family? to go somewhere and feel unwelcome, quite frankly, be treated like crap, to be treated like someone who is not wanted and they go out of their way to make me feel like shit, to be honest, uh, if I may. Um, what, what do I need that for? And to get nothing, no access, no nothing. I can have the guys on my show. And, and you, you know how I came to that conclusion, honestly? And I'll give a shout out. Is it a shout out? A shout out? Shout out. Yeah. Uh, to your employers. And I'm sure this will make... All the AEW marks crazy. Boy, what a sensitive bunch of lads those guys are. I mean, holy smokes. Wow. God forbid you do an interview with the WWE guy. Where's the AEW coverage? Anyway, I went to SummerSlam. 
Shout out to WWE PR. They rolled the red carpet out. They made me feel welcome. They made me feel like they were happy to see me. They gave us, you know, great time with, with, with some of the guys and gals. It was nice to feel like a professional and an adult again for the first time in a long time. So sign me up for experiences like that. I'm not going anywhere. I'm still covering the sport. Got my shows and stuff like that. I just, I used to be afraid of the credential thing. I, I'm not going to lie. I'm not. But I just want to reiterate, I'm not banned. Unless you guys know something okay. that I, uh, right. do you guys know something? Do you want to let me know? Did, did I get? We don't know anything, dude. We don't know yeah. anything about anything. All I know is I'm happy to see you doing your thing and seem to be incredibly happy. I think the MMA hour going at 1 o'clock, whenever that's like, especially with us getting into football season, yeah. is a bad strategy move. But all good. We get a chance to watch it afterwards. And maybe I'm saying that selfishly because I want to watch the show, but I can't because it's in the middle of my show. So maybe that's the whole thing. But I'm so incredibly happy for you, man. Hell of a run thus far. What's next? Next, uh, we got our shows coming up, and uh, I do believe SmackDown, September 10th, at the Mecca, at the world's most famous arena, Madison Square Garden. I will be there with my two boys. Perhaps we can meet each other from six feet, because I don't know if there's any lingering, you know, I don't want any remnants on the boys, but Oliver, Walter, Hilwani, we're all going to be there in attendance. I I won't touch your kids. Or look at them. Keep your kids the fuck away from me. All right? Listen, uh, but listen, I would like to see you in real listen, life, though, one time. Listen, don't be surprised if I jump over that guardrail and hit Kevin Owens with a little stunner. That <laughs> oh, all right. Bang. Okay. I've heard about that beef. I've heard about that as well. We won't dive into that. We've already caught enough. Uh, AJ Galante is going to be there at SmackDown too, I think. The son of mob boss Jimmy Galante. So maybe you mind your P's and Q's at MSG. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> is he really the <laughs> Yeah, he is. I he was and another low-rent NFL reporter that you guys have on way too much. Jesus. Oh, All come right. on, AJ. Come on, AJ. You and me. AJ, can I, can I move forward? Knowing in the back of my mind that, you know, if anyone kind of feels a certain way about the things I'm saying, that you'll have my back when push comes to shove in the foxhole. I can count on you, AJ. Can I? Yeah, of course, man. Yeah, you can count on me. I like your – I like your. you have a great mix of being, like, real and vulnerable mixed with your the character, Ariel, and your, I think you're going to eventually get into a violent altercation with somebody, and I'm here to watch that. <laughs> <laughs> I thought we were going down – no, hey, peace and love, peace, peace and love. love. You know, I, I, I'm here for peace and love. But rest assured, if you're going to talk about me, there are going to be repercussions. That's all. <laughs> right. Make sure you do that from the studio in your basement, though. I don't think you want to mix hey, up. You see me in that studio life. now. You can't make that joke anymore. You see me in that beautiful Vox Media studio in the heart of Manhattan, New York City, the Big Apple, the media capital of the world. Where are you coming to us from? Huh? Who's in, who's in their basement now, Patrick? Who's in there? And what about that promo I cut on you on the bump, SummerSlam? You didn't even respond. You had nothing to say. You were left with your hands busy. in your pocket. I, I, I even busy. got Heyman. Heyman, I, I was running I was circles busy. around Heyman. 10-7 Helwani all over all you WWE bums. I would run <laughs> on the mic. MVP wishes he had skills like me, lyrical skills like me. He wishes that he could cut promos like me. You wish. I mean, Corey Graves? Who is Corey Graves? What has he ever done in this business? Nothing. Although he did a good job filling in for you, Kevin Owens. Great age of brown. But <laughs> guys, uh, ladies and gentlemen, Ariel Can't thank you enough for allowing us to penetrate your ear holes. The fact you allow us to be a part of your day-to-day, Monday through Friday, I am eternally grateful for. 
I don't get to say it enough. There isn't a lot of things in my life that, you know, I feel like are a two-way street of appreciation. I feel like there's a lot of things that happen where in life we question whether or not people appreciate our moves and our motives and our everything we've put into things. And I want to let you know the fact that you press play on this show, I will eternally be grateful for. I hope today was a show that you said, you know, not too bad. And if it was, I hope you be a friend and tell a friend. If not, fuck off, I guess. I don't know. Hashtag end of pod squad. Can't wait to chat with you on Twitter this weekend, maybe in the Instagram comments. And uh, if not, have the greatest weekend of your life. I'll be back in studio on Monday morning. I cannot wait. Ty Schmidt, please play some independent music and propel these people into a beautiful Labor Day weekend. We'll see you Monday. Cheers.